You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Recorded live. Black Power will be before the eight mile hotel. Broken feet on the ground radio. Uh, this is Brother Bourne. Trying to get it in tonight. Slaughterhouse Saturday. Who's still betraying the African Revolution? We come in with our praise to the ancestors. Praise that Turner, glory to Garvey, long with the spirit of Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad. Praise Harriet Tubman, glory to Ida B. Wells, long with the spirit of Sister Fanny Muhammad. Good evening. What's going on out there tonight, fam? We're going to get it there nice tonight. Tonight's show going to be done away at uh, Cointel Pro, Counterintelligence. Family will come in, put in a couple of things about some uh, couple of articles, a couple of dates to look at. We'll get down the definition of Cointel Pro. So I'm going to do, do that. Yeah, definition. Uh, talk about some of the uh, actions and things that are uh, happening now. We'll be more up to date. With some of the information that I'm going to hit y'all with. So now let me load everything up and get everything rocking right. In one second.
All right, all right. Excuse me, got everything um, together. Open them up. Um, open all the chat room back up. Let me get back in here to the rack. All right, here we go. Boom. What I'm going to do right here, what I'm going to do is uh, pull a couple articles. So as we talked about COINTELPRO, COINTELPRO is a uh, COINTELPRO is a program that was started uh, I believe 1959. It was started in 1959. Uh, the initial head of it, Jay Edgar Hoover. Let me go ahead and open this link up. All right, Cointel Pro. Let me go ahead and give you a. It's a well. Most of us know already. It's just it's an acronym for a government program, counterintelligence program. Um, where they basically, you know, what I mean, they basically the uh, job was to perform covert actions against the United, uh, against the what you would call quote unquote citizens of the United States or the people who lived up under the um, flag of the United States. Uh, it was basically something that was brought up out of the uh, monitoring of the uh, UNIA. You know, it really, it really had its um, start then when you know just the monitoring of Garvey and placing plants with inside that organization. But in the fifties. Uh, in the 50s, uh, late 50s, well, uh, let's say the date was stated 1956 is when the counterintelligence program was brought out in full force and uh, really named and labeled as such. And this was um, this was conducted by what we call the FBI agency, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and. As I said, it was um, basically aimed at infiltrating all different organizations and uh, and either changing the agenda or bringing the organizations down. We can see through the years the organizations that it's brought down or, is, or agendas that it has changed over the years. We can look at we can look at uh, groups such as 
the uh, Black Panthers. We can look at groups such as the SCLCC. We can look at groups uh, such as the the Deacons for Defense. We can look at groups, you know, such as the Nation of Islam. And, you know, and we can even look at groups such as the uh, Jim Jones Cult. You know, uh, all of these programs were either programs that were were brought about by the FBI or were infiltrated by the FBI through this counterintelligence program and uh, either to bring the, uh, the structure of the group down or to change the uh, plans and goals and aims of the group. Black Power, that's my sister Camille on the line. All right. Well, we'll uh, continue. Oh, BB48. What's going on tonight? How are you tonight? Uh, Brother Bourne, you're right on target with that. Um, With it really coming into play with uh, Marcus Garvey and the UNIA. Uh, the first uh, Bureau of Investigation agent that was African-American to be hired was hired to infiltrate the UNIA. Um, His name was 008. And then you also had um, a friend of Marcus Garvey, somebody who he's supposed to confide in. Um, Give me a moment, I'll recall the name. But he uh, made uh, black dolls and... um, he was working for the FBI, uh, for the Bureau of Investigation, unbeknownst to Marcus Garvey. His uh, agent name was P-138. We'll grab the names in a, in a moment. For the families, we'll have that information right for you in a moment. It was something else. It was something else I wanted to hit on. Oh, oh, all right, all right, all right. Their methods of persuasion, you know, um, which which uh, range from, you know, as the you know the, the normal ways of you know where a person first started off with the persuasion, you know, uh, persuasion of bribery, where they give you money. You know, prestige, power, or placement. You know what I mean? That, that's the first. That's the first hit they give you. And if uh, prestige, power don't do it, the next thing they gonna do is assassination of your character, harassment. You know what I mean? They say you know they go they gonna be uh, sending boys. You know, uh, like they like they do anytime they wanna bring your ass down. You know what I'm saying? They put out all type of stories about you like they did with what's his name? You can see in recent uh recent history, Cat Williams. Cat Williams was a product of this. He coming out talking too strong, saying saying things that that were true, but in the way that he was saying them, they were not um they were not things that the government would like black people to be thinking in that manner. 
thinking so freely. And so with him um, not only speaking on the fag situation in Hollywood, which will always get you into trouble immediately, you know, he also just spoke on different government um, issues that are different political issues that, you know, Caucasians didn't like. And you've seen in the news immediately, he was slandered, slandered, slandered. He couldn't get no money. People people talking about he a crackhead, he's smoking, he's getting high, and all type of things. Every time you've seen him, he was into some type of trouble. It seemed like the man had been arrested. And uh, at a point, I believe he was arrested 12 times in one year, and every charge was dismissed. Not one conviction. Which shows that it's just basically a pattern of harassment, not anything that's solid enough to to have some, you know, have you go to jail or have you pay a fine, but just something where we can just keep you locked up and keep you going back and forth to court paying money, paying money to excite the due lawyers to make sure you stay out of this shit. And they are. And so after they start, after they hit you with that, they do with that type of shit, they do, as you know, they go to, um, you know, as they finish locking your ass up for, for no reason, they go to assassination. That's their next step. The next step is we're going to kill you. The next step is we're, we're outright just kill you, period. We don't have no problems with that. That's, the, that's you know, these are the methods for them to, um, to make sure that people stay in line. And and when I say that, assassination, see, one assassination has an effect on thousands of people. Excuse me, hit the mute, my accident. But, um... And when I say assassinations, though, assassination uh, does not only uh, affect the person that's, that's murdered, but it also affects the, uh, you know, the the people who have uh, who believe in the ideology of the person who was assassinated. You know what I mean? On a, it has an effect on the psyche of the people who walked in that line and steps because what it what it in turn does is automatically put in your mind that walking in these steps can end you up with that result. And a lot of us or a lot of us are afraid of a, of something that's inevitable anyway. I mean inevitable for us to leave the planet. Now winning is something totally different. But these are uh, tools that are used by the FBI counterintelligence program to make sure that, um, you know, they keep people in line. And as I said, you know, one assassination, assassination is different than being martyred. You know what I mean? When they martyr you, the people get energy off of it. When they assassinate you, the people can't tell really what went on. They're in state, they're emotionally distraught. They don't know how to take it. And, um, you know, the main groups, as, as um, Sister Camille emphasized uh, with Delma Marcus Garvey, the, you know, uh, the Africans were the main target 
or have always been the consistent main target of a program like this. It's the consistent main target of counterintelligence program. And so, you know, we got to be we have to be diligent as advocates to know that there are enemies amongst us at all times. There's enemies amongst us at all times. And with these enemies amongst us, we got to make sure that we stay on our square. Every time we turn around, there's a new labeling of somebody else from coming into the, coming into the zone, but it's incorrect and not worthy of the trust that we've given them. You know what I'm saying? And not worthy of the trust that we've given them. So we got to make sure that we stay diligent because this counterintelligence program, even though they are trying to put a date on it, is never stopped. Uh, it's, it's never stopped. So um, with that being said, you know, uh, wait for some of the family to get in. If somebody got something going on on the line, man, you just... You're doing something that's just going What? Uh, I don't know who it is, but I'm going to try to find it. But Black Power, what's going on tonight, brother? Little brother, Michael Ross? Baby Fodia. Yeah. Cracking, boy. What's going on? Um, just giving a little overview of the counterintelligence program and some of the tactics that they use to uh, keep people going in aligned to their agenda. All right, all right. Brother Little, what's going on? Yeah, Black Power family, Black Power family. You know, I'm niner down right now, family. Can't pay me no man of mine, man. All right, no doubt. We're, we're, we're definitely, we, you know, make sure that we tune down with you, you know what I mean? But um, we, we're going to move on with the counterintelligence program. And, uh... Oh, yeah, with the operation. Co-op, co-op. Yeah, you know, you know, brothers, we, um... We've been infiltrated, you know what I'm saying? Um, the traitor is the number one weapon of the motherfucking enemy, and uh, that, that's something we got to rid ourselves of this cancer, man. You dig it? We got we got to get rid of this cancer, man. So everybody got to become cancer doctors on this motherfucker and get rid of this, because this is ridiculous. All right, Black Power. Black Power, uh, I'm right now. So uh, we're dealing with, you know, assassinations, attempts, and murders of um, our African, you know, family, and the reasons why and what was surrounding these um, different assassinations. And one of the one of the earlier family members who who was taken down by the Comitel program. And the manner of a um, very out front assassination was Brother Mega Evers. Okay, uh, 
who um, who was caught outside of his house and was murdered in uh, 19, that was 1963, which would be seven years after the start of the Cointel program, Cointel Pro program. So he was one of the uh, first ones. And this program, what the uh, assassination of Mega Evans was doing was it was enacting the beginnings of um, the B.F. Skinner approach, you know, which was the outright violence to the um, African in order to shock us into an emotional response of fear. I mean, fear of doing anything that would um, cause us any harm. So this is what this is what the effect of that mega Evers um, assassination was. Right. I think um the the best way to get a basic understanding of what it is, those of us who've been Pan Africanists, those of us who've been following the philosophies of Marcus Garvey, are very pertinent. We know, you know, because. The creation of Quantel in America began with that movement, the first official solid Pan-African movement, which was started by Garvey, Marcus Garvey. One thing to uh, note is, in order to, to, to study an, any organization, whether it be a uh, counterintelligence information or whether it be a pro-intelligence information, is to, what is their, their uh, mission of purpose? What are their goals? When you study the Cointel, one of the goals is, first off, is to prevent the coalition of militant black nationalist groups. That's priority number one. Priority two is to prevent the rise of a messiah who could electrify, unify the black nationalist movement. Number three is to prevent militant black nationalist groups and leaders from gaining respectable, gaining respectability by discrediting them to their community. And finally, the final goal should be to prevent the long-range growth of militant black nationalist organizations, especially among the youth. That's the most important. Why? History tells us that every revolution that has started began with the youth. That's the first step with every revolution. The youth are always the targets. We, we we mentioned earlier J. Edgar Hoover. What's funny is the tactics used to undermine the Marcus Garvey movement in the early 1920s and 30s was the foundation that will lie for the current use in 2015, 100 years later. I see some, uh, uh, watched this documentary earlier, you know, even like during the slavery, it's not that far down the road. People get this shit so missed in school. I watched this um, Sorry, family. Uh, I watched this uh, I know it's football season. It's, it's, it's good. We, we start right now. now. Uh, a lot of our family members going to be distracted by, you know, the sports and whatnot, and that's the whole intention. A lot of us, you know, a lot of us ain't, you know, studying like we should be, but The foundation began with the Marcus Garvey movement. This was before the FBI was even tackling, uh, and the CIA was tackling uh, at this time, the uh, bootlegging. 
prohibitions. This is before the RICO Act. So this is, and, and what's, what's important to note is that this is a correlation. There is no line that, 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 that distinguishes between the FBI, the CIA, and your police. They function as the arm of the state. When we see this and we know this, we can become pertinent for something. What is the main tools used for covert operations in the quarantine? Misinformation. When you study the history memoirs of the Black Panther Party, the original Black Panther Party, because we're going to talk about, tonight I think we need to talk about the, you know, the, what, what is the breakdown of a legitimate black liberation, a black liberation organization? What is the outcome of those organizations that say it's true to their stand? And what is the functionality of this new COINTEL propaganda in black berets, screaming black power, but underlying, you know, when you do the research, you're going to find a lot of shit. So we're going to get into this shit tonight because I've been, you know, every, every time around this year, since 2013, I fell back on, you know, since the murder tragedy of Malcolm Shabazz, which is Malcolm X's son, that happened right in front of us. And, you know, those who those of us who purchased to the information and been studying, been out here doing their thing, they know what's popping. A lot of Johnny come lately's, they're going to be on the hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo, and they're not going to be studying what's really going on and what, what needs to be popping off. The main rule is misorganization and misinformation. In the 60s, uh, extensively, they would write, you know, write letters and send them off and putting certain names and titles from certain groups. So there's no trust within certain organizations because there's misinformation circulating around. Sounds like what's going on right now. Right now. In 2015, the main tool for COINTELPRO's information is Facebook. I'm going to say this again. The main tool, because we're talking about Counter-information, counter-info yeah. is Facebook. Can I prove it? No. Yes. If if we study the Black, the Black Panther Party in the 60s and the uh, oh, Black Panther Party in, in, in Oakland and uh, the person in Chicago, uh, uh, Black Peace Stars, I think, uh, uh, they were finna hook up. And what Cointel did was they wrote false letters, off, one from this organization, one from this organization, and sent them to each one. And they thought they was having conflicts. Oh, he's disrespecting the elders. Oh, we don't like, you know. And they never did meet. Mm-hmm. If you notice, I, 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 that's why I don't have a Facebook. Because the it's so easy to get information so misconstrued on Facebook. Because motherfuckers type, and you don't know if that nigga's even real or not. So you have agents that function as agitators. You know, no, no, I, 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 I want to give you an example. I want to give you an example of Facebook with a with a misinformation that just happened on this shooting from Virginia that we were speaking of. On Facebook right now, they have pictures put together. One of the pictures show that the boyfriend of the uh, of the girl who allegedly was shot supposed to tweet it to her at six thirty four in the morning how he missed her, which would have been. 12 minutes before she's supposed to got shot at 6.45. Now, if you look at this memo, you really – now, people is floating this shit around. But if you go and do the due diligence and go look at his, at his timeline, you, could, you can't, you can't um, change the time of the, of, the, of the tweets up there. The tweets still exist, but it's 9.34. 
But because people now, I put I screenshot I screenshot the guy page and puts it on the dude post like, listen, that right there is misinformation. This is what time is say it's say nine thirty four, not six thirty four. Joke is mad at me because I because I, I did I did the knowledge. So I'm like, yo, listen, if it's a hoax, it's a hoax. Let it be what it is, but don't let it be what it is off of no misinformation. That's one example. But the whole setup of Facebook is for information. Information with pictures, that motherfuckers that's giving, they don't have to do indictments no more. Because motherfuckers put their business on Facebook. They put frustrations that they have from the smallest to the biggest on Facebook. So it becomes, so it becomes really, uh, 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 it must stay in the private sector. Why? That way the government don't have to try. Individuals policing themselves on policy. But when we go back, because when we study history in America, when we study the Negro in America, history shows us that revolution seems to come in waves every couple generations, every couple generations, every couple generations, right? Now, let us examine. Let's go back for a minute, right? Let's look at the civil rights movement of the 60s, right? What was mainly in the South? Because in 1960, in the 1960s, you still have black folks, and you still got black folks right now picking cotton in Mississippi, all down mm-hmm. Alabama. Sharecropping is still going on. Yes, sir. Now, one of the things that they did was they seen that they had to go beyond the religion or the spirituality group. It had to be it had to tie in social issues with politics. That means power. Now we're talking power. And if that power has a black face, we're talking black power. That is the main concern for to see all these FBI little little, little uh, uh, acronym groups. Why? Because the number one problem in America is race. Race. That's it, it, it all, this inception began with that, and this destruction going in with that. The issue with America is race. When you know that, when you know that, you notice, like we spoke on previous shows, that the role of black media, I mean, the role of media is to serve white folks. So one of the propaganda tactics that the CIA was mentioning Cortel by keeping it quiet. And one thing they did was to demonize any black legitimate group in terms of it in terms of criminalizing them and in terms of making them appear to be militant so that when the police come in or, or the fucking state police come in or, or when the fucking military come in, they're justified in doing that. Because they're promoting civil unrest. How are they able to do this? Because they function and they function. So one, one, one of the things we have to do is we have to police our people and what the fuck they say on the media and why are they on the news. Nothing on the news is by coincidence. Nothing on social media is by coincidence. Nothing on TV programs. Everything is timed and planned. Why? Because we talk about organization and maintaining and running a fucking country. And if if you not or if if your shit up the part organized to run the country, somebody gonna run it for you. So even if it is chaos out there, 
there still must be a, a vision that the government is running this shit, or, you know, that they're in power and they're, they're, they're in control and everything's organized, everything's okay. The problem with that is the black issue in America. So this is why Cointel gets its inception. The main token, the main thing they do is through infiltration. We know this to be true. But when you study each of the name, this is my question. Name one organization that was political and social to the affairs of black people that still exists to this day. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say, say that again. Say that again. Name a group. Name one black organization that stood on social issues and politics that is still in existence today. They all, when you study history, they all have the same fall down, breakdown, and demise. Uh, yeah. That's what I said. That's what they, they either get broke down or whatever their plan was get changed. Because I only know one group. I only know one group that still exists. But the whole outlook of what it was for totally changed. Now, the move, the, the most Gil, uh, Gil, uh, no, 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 Gil Scott. When he said the revolution will not be televised, it was the most basic, the most <laughs> truthful statement to be made because it can't be televised because we don't control the media. So if you have a televised movement, it's not ours. Oh, uh, sorry. And our movement is going to be more successful and revolution is going to be more successful off the camera. You see what I'm saying? Because the, the camera mm-hmm. folks is just clean up crew. Yeah. They give you interpretation of what you think is good and bad pertaining to what? Status quo, right? The status yeah. quo. That's what that camera is going to do to you. So now, you know, now we now we now we know now let's look at let's look at the sixties movement. That movement was started by youngsters. Snake youngsters. Yeah, there was college kids, you know what I'm saying? It was really twenty five and under. Twenty five was like old. Exactly. So in terms of it, it, we we put these titles that society put on our, on our family members in terms of labeling individuals. Even when you turn eighteen, you're supposed to have this. When you turn twenty five, you're supposed to have this. But that's a, a, a criteria not for us, created for us, or by us. And the average child, the average child, when he female or male, when they're ten years old, they know that something's popping, something's going on, and they know the they know the truth when they hear it. In terms of those who you know. We talking about Fred Hampton, for example, the influence. The brother was like what, twenty years old. Mm-hmm. What was his message that was so scary for white folks? He said individuals need what participation and observation. And Fred Hampton said we didn't we didn't talk about how we're gonna feed these kids. We just went and did it. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't you know we said we was gonna run a free, a, a free health clinic. It took us three weeks to get the shit up and running. So when individuals see that, hear that, observe that, and are part of that participation, they know it's real. Real, yeah. I see. See, 
by them by them killing off the, see, they've been enforcing that that third rule very strictly the the uh cutting off the messiah who could unify the individuals see by them doing that they create another situation now now black liberation groups are functioning like like spinner cell groups when you cut one head off, two sprout up. There's no, the, the leader, there's no one determining leader. Leaders, are, you know, we, we have a, a, a local from the private all the way up to the gentleman in terms of rank and file. You see what I'm saying? Stokely Carmichael said this. He said, psychologists notice that when, you, when they study oppressive situations that revolt in violent uprisings, what happens is that the oppressed use every circumstantial thing in their power to bring about that change, right? Everything. And when, when all that fails, they start mimicking the practices of the oppressor. They start using their tactics. Now, Pops told me this the other day. He said, you can't give an answer until you took one. White America knows this and fears this. See, we, you know... The, we're the best people for the job in terms of that because what we suffer here in America. So if we were really to sit there and, and really be practical and put information that we're doing to, to test and say, man, we didn't try every motherfucking thing. Let's start trying what they're doing. We would be more successful at that because of the experience we have in that department. See what I'm saying? Yes, sir. That's just the context, you know what I'm saying? I want to put out there, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times we we get caught up. This is not uh, chasing conspiracies. This is looking at re the reality of the connections between your government from the White House all the way down to the police officer. And we need to really, you know, it, it's basic, but it's real. What's the real functioning of a police officer? If you want to know that, look at look at clips from the 60s. When them black, all black was over marching. Military police came in, so this is going to be the same tactics that's going to be used on the visible side. But see, when you're dealing with, that's down south. See, they, they, they go right to the force down south. But in these cities, I've heard that New York City got more police than small countries got armies. And the police and police, they spend more money on police and secu police security that some nations have even spent on their national government as a whole. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Something to, to keep, you know, to, to really examine. You got a, 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 a retired prosecutors and, and ex-police who could now, you know, they, they they got their pension so they could talk a little bit. They're saying that the police, the feds use the same tactics to infiltrate the you know the black power communities as they did when they infiltrate the mob. <laughs> right. And the main form of infiltration is a snitch. Mm, yeah. But, but, but like, like the elders say, the word you know snitching that you know only that's a criminal word. So if you're not part of that criminal element, they don't apply to you. Tell the truth, save your own ass. But I'm not going to expect a, a motherfucker who not, who not grounded, who ain't part of this creed, to know that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's true. That's true. Like you say, you know, if you ain't a criminal, then you can't snitch because you ain't in the crime. Or you can do so you get your recourse as best as you can. Whatever happens to you. Exactly. Now, there's one organization that's been able to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. And it's because they never dealt with political and social affairs. That's the nation of Islam. Before Malcolm split with the nation, his issue before he before he even he didn't he didn't he split before he said that the nigga was sleeping with uh, young girls. He split because he felt that he was limited to his scope of influence because he could only dabble in spiritual and religious affairs. The Nation of Islam was a religious organization. Mm-hmm. He felt that he felt that that limited him to the broader scope of politics. That was Garveyism. See. Was it was important to note that I'm bringing this up. I, I want to start from Garveyite is because the FBI or the CIA crackers in America have studied us to the point, and they've studied the seeds of influence that we have. Chilango, Chilango, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, no, but you. But you're absolutely right on how they study on how they study the seeds, you know what I'm saying, and knew what would come about. We got the split. Let's, let's, let's speed up and do some more. more uh, uh, the murder of Malcolm Shabazz. That probably died in 2013. Right? Mm-hmm. If he was still alive today, the because his last connection was they the Syrians wanted him, him bad, you know what I'm saying? The Iranian enough to keep up with him, and I didn't know that the brother stayed in Syria for a year. I didn't know that he lived abroad throughout the country, and he was doing the same, even though he was titled. I'm gonna get to that in a minute, but he he studied abroad. And he said that media. Throughout the world, it's different than media in America. Now, he, now, you know, he even got his hands dirty. He's not a strict, uh, he's more of a street cat than his, his grandfather was. So he, he said that you don't, he said, you don't find, for example, you don't find Newport cigarettes nowhere. They sell every other cigarette but Newports internationally. Mm. And, it's, and, 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 and it's so he said he said there's so many chemicals in this shit. Other countries don't even sell this shit. Only niggas in America smoke that shit, and only motherfuckers that sell them mm-hmm. sell them. So he said when you see that, you start to see how how international news reports black people news, and how America reports news about black people. This made him a target. He already he already was target, you know. But the real problem is niggas going abroad. And making those connections. You see what I'm saying? You can talk that shit on your block, on your corner. But we don't need you thinking international. And we don't need you linking up with your African brothers and sisters throughout the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So stop that. We're going to cut you off at the knees in terms of future projections of this everlasting. No, that's going to be the first thing that they can't stand for. Because lasting lasting uh, 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 relationships bring about things. You feel me? Whether it be good or bad, they produce shit. 
That he posted on on social media because he he died. Twitter and shit was up. He put the shit out after he got cracked at the airport, and the feds took you to an undisclosed location and whatnot. And he said this right here, family. He said the formula for a public assassination isn't the characters of assassination before the physical assassination takes place. Hold on, hold on. Let me get this. I'm trying to blow it up right here. So one, one has to be killable before the eyes of the public in order to be eventually be murdered, to be deemed justifiable. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when the time arrives for these kills to be committed, they're not going to, you're not going to see a CIA agent in a suit and a tie and a badge that says CIA walk up to someone and pull the trigger. What they would do is outsource to a local police department in the region of the target and then put these to look like the target of interest to infiltrate the workings in order to set up the environment for the eventual assassination to take place. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes what you see is, often, like, 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 for example, he was speaking right to himself. Why? This man... Let's, let's first. After Malcolm X, the movie came out, 1991. Everybody in the movie but Farrakhan. That movie rose up a lot of my, including myself. I think I was 10 years old when that shit came out, right? And this started a, a new, you know, that new wave. They always get the happening of a black power coming in. There. This new wave started up new awareness movement, and niggas start calling Farrakhan out. Hey man, what's going on? What really happened? This shit got so national. That Farrakhan had to answer to the calls and had to had an interview with uh, War Dean Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad's son, yeah. and Malcolm X's daughter. Y'all remember that, right? Mm-hmm. She went in on that brother, right? What they didn't, what motherfuckers to say is that shortly after that, did y'all know she was arrested for the assassination attempt on Farrakhan? Yeah. Dr. Clark said this nigga was a police agent. We're going to prove it tonight. Feel me? Had her arrested. Now that she's arrested, when the mother has children, her children either become state property or they get outsourced to the family. This young Malik Sabaz, I mean Malcolm Sabaz, is going to live with his grandmother, Betty Sabaz, right? While in the custody of his grandmother, a house fire breaks out. A house fire breaks off, killing his grandmother. She didn't die instantaneously in the fire. The, the 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 burns over her body a couple of days later, you know, in the hospital, she died, right? Mm-hmm. We all know that they tried Malcolm, the grandson, with arson and with the murder yeah. of his grandfather. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. he went down for that. Yeah. He went down Listen, for see, the nation of Islam been functioning for the police, and they have to cut those seeds off. Why Malcolm X's family? Because Malcolm X's grandson is the only male. Malcolm had all daughters, feel me? He had no sons, and he's the oldest grandson. So before that black man can even get a whiff of what his grandfather was doing and be put in a place in a power position, they tarnish his reputation. Uh-huh. Ain't nobody gonna listen to you. You tried with killing your own grandmother, grandmother. right? Yup, exactly, exactly. 
Now, people came to his rescue with, with, with the truth a little later, but was actually factual. I've been studying this. Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory looked into the case files and shit. They made this young man sign off shit, and, and, and he recanted his real testimony and said it was men in black hoods that came that night at the scene, and then the fire broke out. Feel me? So he goes to the pen, I mean, uh, YA, do his time, get out, and while he in there, he's still studying, but they still fucking with him. He changed from Sunni Islam to Shia Islam, right? So now we got the uh, the nation of Islam. Look what they did. I'm saying the president. Look how the fans did Nuwabians, right? Mm-hmm. When it all came down to it, it was one nigga touching babies, right? Mm-hmm. But the whole, the whole organization had to go, right? Yeah, you shut the whole thing down, though. Now, here in Nation of Islam is responsible for the death of Malcolm X and the beatings of numerous niggas throughout the country who names ain't even mentioned, right? <laughs> Mainly no. from Philadelphia to New York all the way. You know, they were policing themselves. And yeah, they, they, function. <laughs> they still able to function. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was the relationship that Farrakhan, and I believe Farrakhan testified against information that uh, his mother was going to uh, participate in the assassination attempt? That's the makings of a snitch right there. His mama, his mama get cracked for so-called assassination attempts. If the mother, if the mother had the passion, let's go with the lie. If the mother had enough passion to organize a hit on Farrakhan, then you know she put the seeds of assassination in her son's head, allegedly, right? Mm-hmm. So his reputation has to be tarnished. Now, while all the myths of this is going on, we're seeing the rise of Khalid Muhammad. See, I'm putting this context together right here. Feel me? Betty Shabazz in 97. Boom. From 97 to 2001, it's college years. Am I, am I, am I lying? No. Nah, yeah, yeah, from all year, 97, 95. 95, the whole, of, the whole of the 90s, man. That's what Conor was stopping. He was stopping he, the whole of the 90s. It was his time. When did he get relieved of duty? He got relieved of duty in, that was, ah, shit, maybe 95? 95? 95, he got relieved of duty. When did the Black Panther Party assassinate, or when did the Black, the new Black Panther Party? 93. 93. Okay, 93. Oh, 93. When did the new no, Black Panther Party... In 1994, that Congress uh, uh, sanctioned him. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's get it right. He got... It was 94. I know it was 94, 94. It was 94 that he got relieved. Mm-hmm. All right. The King's speech was 1993. Yeah, all right, all right. And, um, he had the assassination new- attempt. That was 94, too, I believe. That was at Riverside. Okay, 94. Now, when did the new Black Panther Party come into being? Well, that was 1990, was that? Uh, 19, uh, 1989, it was uh, no, 1989. No. They said the ain't no 1989 new Black Panther Party. The new Black Panther Party. No, ain't no new Black, ain't no new Black Panther Party in no 1989. 1990, it was, it was like uh, right here, 1990, Aaron Michaels 
Aaron Michaels was uh, was the one who created it in 1990. 1989 was when he came. He came out. It was um that was something different, but. Um, 1990, though, it we was... Talking about it was when we, I'm talking about the lawsuit. Aaron Bobby huh? still took the nigga to court. Bobby still took the nigga to court for you. It was after 1990. That's, that was after 1990. Because that's when that's when the new Black Panther Party got um, started again. Now, we can find out about the... 1966 uh, to 1979. And they state... They so motherfucking thorough when they know they know when it created and when it dissolved because they made sure it dissolved. Every member, these brothers got murders. They, they, they the police either killed them or they they're in a political you know political. And what I'm saying is the same effect to every solid black organization. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when, when so when did college become this? When did it become wearing black fatigues? And wearing the black beret. Give me a year. I don't have no solid year on exactly what year college joined the new Black Panther Party, but it was a, it, it had to it had to be around ninety seven though. It had to definitely uh, definitely by ninety seven, but I don't have no definite year that he was part of the, that he joined the new Black Panther Party. Right, because in ninety, I mean people people on the. The assassination of Malcolm X led had a, a, a chain reaction on individuals. For example, so Lee Carmichael started becoming militant after that, <laughs> huh? Sixty-five, you started seeing a, 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 a change in the SNCC movement. You started seeing motherfuckers down south, and in the '66, you see niggas in California. I keep bringing this up, individual. The Assassination of Malcolm X by the Nation of Islam led to the Black Panther Party's conception, and not only that, their first—they even had to show this shit in the movie. The first real—they even, you know, they was—they was honored was when they offered protection for Betty Shabazz. Why did the Black Panther Party have to offer protection to Betty Shabazz? Because the nation wasn't fucking with the Queen. Yeah, yeah, they, they was she, she was ostracized because she was Malcolm's wife. And, well, I find and, it very suspicious that the same organization will now come and infiltrate in, under the guise of New Black Panther Party. All them niggas is fed. I don't care what you say. I'm from California. Them niggas been along. Okay, let's just say they've been along since 89. They still around 2015? How is that? Yeah, and they have oh. different... They stay out of the realm of politics and social issues. You only hear about them niggas every blue moon. And they got everybody convinced niggas wearing beret. Niggas think you can be black parties by wearing a beret and having a flag. And nigga, you in. I can, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to ask you a few All questions. Right, hold on. I got you. Hold on. I got you right here. I got you right here. Khaled Muhammad joined the New Black Panther Party in 1996 during, during this battle with the Dallas School Board. Um... And that's when that's when he start that's when he joined. Um, let me see, let me see. Uh, that's when I heard. That's when I first heard about new yeah, when that thing against the school board. Yep, and, and that's when he joined. They said Khalid Muhammad joined. That, that, that was out, that was out, that was out here in Dallas. Yeah, in Dallas. Oh, that's, better. And, um, that's even better. That's even better. You know why they working better? That means that Khalid Muhammad was part of the Black Panther Party when she was still alive. I'm talking about Betty Shabazz. 
Did Kyle mm-hmm. Mama speak on that? Speak on her death? He wasn't a nation no more. He didn't know the engine inside out. If he, you see the point I'm making? He was already. They, they stopped providing security for him. That's <laughs> he had to create his own security. Farrakhan allowed him to stay as a Nation of Islam member, and then the last draw was he ordered no members of the nation to provide him security. That's why he had to join the Black Panther Party. He had to create an organization that can, that can provide that because he, he ruffled too many feathers. You see what I'm saying? He ruffled too many feathers. Well, so indeed. Now, just check this out. Check this out, right? This what to say after the school board, after the school board saying um, the boy Aaron Michaels, he, he wanted Khaled to come back and help him start organizing an uh, a, a, a armed group of new Black Panther members in Greenville, Texas, because two black churches had got burnt down. And um, from, at that point right there, that's when Khaled went ahead and joined in on them. Uh, interesting thing, though, that I want people to understand about Khaled Muhammad is that Khaled Muhammad was not somebody who came up under Minister Farrakhan. Mr. Farrakhan did meet him at Dillard College, but Khaled Muhammad had come up under Elijah Muhammad in 1967 and was there for eight years before, and he was already a minister, you know what I'm saying? So he wasn't somebody who, you know, he just was like, you know, like a flunky, somebody who just was a a flunky for uh, Farrakhan. That's why they had the, the problems and he had to be, thrown out because he realized that Farrakhan was an agent. He realized that. He was dealing with the agent. And he and you can't and you know that's it wasn't gonna work out. That's why he came out with his enemies amongst us. Alright. I don't know if anybody by computer because I'm, I'm I'm just on my phone. But pull pull up anything y'all can find on Betty Shabazz's death. We talking ninety seven, right? They got it in uh, July, July 11th, 1997. Baltimore's son. Grandson 12 admits killing Shabazz, but he says her death was not intended. Including the last chapter in the torturous saga of family suffering, Malcolm Shabazz, the 12-year-old grandson of Malcolm X, pleaded guilty to juvenile to the juvenile equivalent of second-degree manslaughter for starting a fire that killed his grandmother, Betty Shabazz. Malcolm's lawyer, Percy Sutton, and David N. Dinkins, the former New York City mayor, said after a hearing in family court that consultation with the boy and his mother, Tabila Shabazz, they had decided to accept a plea bargain to avoid an intimate. Description of Malcolm 
troubled childhood in open court. We were trying to protect this child. Now, stop right there. What troubled childhood? I can see the trouble starting after his mama was locked up. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Shabazz was born in France, y'all. <laughs> We're not talking about the typical individual. Damn. You know he you know he got a sentence of a maximum of eighteen months, right? But the eighteen months was a renewable eighteen months until he got eighteen years old. You know what I'm saying? After a year and a half they just gave him another eighteen months. Now, see, now, let's look at the detail. How does a 12-year-old start a fire? And the the, the fire killed his girl. I mean, was she sleeping? Most of the time, I mean, the way she was, you know, the way she, she died from this fire. This, you know, she's had experience with house bombings before. Yeah, well, there's been conflicting stories about exactly how she died and whether or not he set the fire or there were um, other uh, culprits there who had a hand in the fire being set. What time did the fire start? What was that? You know, they... No, that's what I'm trying to get that information right now. You ain't going to find it. Most time he, you know, the, he was playing with some matches, or he he had a bottle of alcohol and it spilled, or, or, you know. I'm, I'm gonna look for it. I'm gonna look for it to see if I can find the time. I might. Who, who knows? I might be able to find it. Then look at the picture that they showed of him. He was 12 years old, but they made his mugshot look like he was a grown-ass man. He looked the same as 12 as he do as a grown man now. Y'all peep that out? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I haven't seen the, the mugshot. Let me see. Now, knowing this, it didn't deter him from speaking on a lot of uh, 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 facts he's seen going on because he knew his bloodline was going to entitle him to certain to certain platforms. When you when you were the grandson of a, uh, of a great man, people willing to listen to you what you got to say. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The past last three years, he was being very very visible and very vocal. Well, you're born 84, younger than me. Feel me? Two years younger than me at the time. 
he was 29 when he died, so we talking about a young, you know what I mean? But the, the stage for his death was Mexico. Because they couldn't have been, they couldn't be here. They yeah. couldn't be here, you know what I'm saying? They couldn't have that shit happen here. We automatically make a connection. So my point is, we've seen organ, black organizations with not as with not as half as much members as, as the Nation of Islam, not as half as money or influence, get shut the fuck down. And here it is, we're talking about, look what the nation's done to one family. They've killed Malcolm X, locked up his daughter for allegedly trying to assassinate, and that's her name is Kibler Shabazz. Somebody can look her up. Kibler Shabazz. Right? That's two. Murder Lady Shabazz by a house fire, and at the same time tarnished the reputation of the grandson. And this organization is still there? The organization said the white man is the devil. Used to him. This is in the rhetoric. You, you can walk around to the white man as the devil. Now, what's important also to know is that in white domination power structure in America, they have on many uniforms. They have many different meetings, and it's all under different names, but it's all white domination, white power. You see what I'm saying? Monday, he's in the Klan. You know, no, Sunday. Sunday night, he burned the cross at the Klan rally. Monday, he's in police uniform. Tuesday, he's at the Masonic Hall. You see the point I'm making? Wednesday, he's at the uh, police fraternity. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Different, these are men in uniform. Yeah, the FOP, then he had the Elk Lodge. When we take an oath of silence in terms of this, 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 you know, this radio show here was, is very proactive in terms of promoting African rhetoric very strong and African proactive measures. That's needed because why? You're not going to find it in, in, in the media. So the role, the role white media plays in discriminating against us and hating on us led us to creating this type of platform right here, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm to myself, I don't even watch the news because it's, it's not designed for me. So we had, you know, I had to link up with like minds and we had to create, uh, uh, my bad, they said it's not a talk show, uh, a conference call. And that's even better. That's what, you know, people are the same minds, family type situations, and we're going over this. We're going over whether it be news, education, information that pertains to promoting black propaganda. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's very hard. See, Cohen Tell can come to listen to it. See, right here, but they like the bigger, see, the bigger organization gets, the easier the access of infiltration. You know what I mean? The infiltrate, yeah, it's easier to infiltrate. It's harder to infiltrate when you stay in small, uh, in the smaller your group, it's harder to infiltrate. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody sees each other too easy. And it's too easy not to see where you at. You're missing too much. Are you here too much? 
you either hear too much or you miss it too much. One or the other. Somehow it don't shake out right. But that's why that's why you say, you know, you, you keep your numbers like a fish, man. You might have two fish, you might have ten, but you're going to have to make sure that you keep your numbers in a uh, situation where you have to move out like a unit because the larger you get, as you said, it's going to be easier for you to be penetrated because it's harder to see everybody. Right. And the bigger the numbers are, there's a chance that everybody ain't there for the same reason. Malcolm X said this about the March on Washington. He said you had Negroes that went down there, you know, whether, okay, okay, the, uh, I'm a, he said the March on Washington. So let's leave something that's the black, uh, uh, the RBT weekend we just had, right? Believe it or not, believe it or not, you had niggas who went down there who wasn't looking for no meaningful results. They went down there just to say that they went. They went there for bragging rights. A horse can enter a race and come so far from losing you and you know that horse is in the race. You see what I'm saying? Because the horse didn't go into the race with the objective of winning, just to say I was in the race. You see the point? You got individuals who are going down there looking for meaningful results. That's when you, you know, like we did this weekend. We had, you know, we, we had a few. I can't speak on the general number because, you know, if we, you know, the number of snitches in the community probably will blow a nigga mind away. But what I'm saying is that you had individuals who went down there on strictly black love and the show. You see what I'm saying? Now, one thing that they're trying to make sure they can enforce is this institution and bringing in something to do with faith based organizations into our movement. When you allow faith-based organizations to come into the movement, you allow Cointelpo to come into the movement. See what I'm saying? That's what's strictly unique about this movement right here that's throwing their asses the fuck off because now they have to send good infiltrators. See what I'm saying? See, back in the 60s, they had, uh, they even said it, uh, uh, back down south, they had strong pastors that they just, you know, they didn't, he can be, you know, as long as he spoke like a pastor and had Christian morals that was riding with him. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This generation, this generation has, uh, has, 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 has exercised everything in terms of we we have a period where we use Christianity. We have a period uh, where we use Islam. Let's try this yeah. time avoid none of that shit. Yeah. And by us doing that, I want to tell had the beta saying you had the black Hebrews. Whether they even know it or not, them niggas is being used by them motherfuckers. Feel me? Mm-hmm. No, he's in there. The Lord sent the Lord back in. But this generation, you you're so right with that. Every, it seems that everyone I know has been through at least two schools of um, theology. You know what I'm saying? And most people have been through three. Some of, some of us four, some five, and uh, some of have opted out of going through any more any longer. But that's that's the other part of the confusion. They have so many different, uh, you know, that's that Cointel Pro still. They have so many different uh, ideologies placed out there in front of you that you can never really hunker on down on that, which is going to be most beneficial for you as an actor. Mm-hmm. It's a continuous game after game after game, and there's no gain to this. You you know, um, we you said you know as you spoke on uh, Malcolm Shabazz, you know you have to look at 
how long he was um, left in prison and the connections that he had when he got out. He was already, as you said, he was already politically connected. His uh, one of his, one of his um, well, you know, not to use the term, but the to, uh, the only term that you know which people gonna understand is mentor. One of his mentors was uh, Percy Sutton, who was a, uh, a black man who who uh, actually tried to you know help him on his um, his his charge, but was a friend of his father's who had you know helped try to groom him in certain ways. You understand? And this man was already you know he was uh, one of these civil rights activists at a point in time, someone who had connections. So he. Malcolm was already, um, he was already royalty amongst, you know what I mean, amongst those who had a love for his father, I mean, for his grandfather. He was already royalty amongst people. So he had that ability to move in and out. And with that standpoint, um, that was what was the most problematic is because he was already uh he could already be being a messiah because of who his grandfather was. So this would be contradictory to a lot of different groups and a lot of different nations out there, including the nation of Islam, who we spoke on earlier, to have the grandson of Malcolm come out and and do and do and achieve what Malcolm had planned out. And so, you know, the mission is still left up to us who going to move that mission, but we understand figures. We understand time and placement. And so, you know, certain certain things need certain figures, certain voices for certain times and certain places to move the masses. Mm-hmm. And see, the bigger, uh, the, the reason he was, see, when you make friends outside of America, for, for example, in the 60s, in the 60s, when you have blacks down south, when the SNCC seen that, SNCC was like, nigga, hold on now. 80% of the population in some of these counties in Mississippi is black. And we ain't never fucking had office or judges in these counties. So he said, we need to, you know, somebody came down there who studied political science and said, you know what, y'all don't have to vote Democratic or Republican. Y'all can start their own shit. So they noticed that they went down there. The, the, white, the, the white Democratic parties had a white chicken. And on the top of it had white uh white, white supremacy. Yeah, white white supremacy. So they said we're gonna use the Panther, right? This is immediately after uh Malcolm X got assassinated. We see in the militarization of SNCC. And the first thing white crackers were saying to other white crackers, because they look at the bigger picture, is that this was a communist movement. In two thousand thirteen when Malcolm uh, Sabaz was making connections with uh, Iran. It was basically it was a terrorist movement. Why? They seen the effects that okay, if you are international, if, if you are a spokesman for your people, and you you become international to our enemies, our enemies will use that to promote disarray in America. You feel it's the same thing like like mm-hmm. that happened in, 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 and that eventually happened later on after the sixties in Vietnam. Well, that was in the sixties too, where uh, 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 Robert Williams was a brother who started off locally telling Negroes to arm themselves. Was in Vietnam, delegating with the with the leader over there. You see what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. That, that that's influence of power. When you see when you the last couple months that you see Malik Sabas, you see him on Iranian television. Iranian trying to get him out there. He got stopped at the airport. Feel me? The FBI got him, detained him, held him for like three days, and then in an undisclosed location. My theory was that because he had to get the he had because they asking him they're not asking him too much about Islam, they asking him about the conditions of black people in America. Feel me? Do you feel the uprisings were or, or, or you know they 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 prying? So what I think his last day he was trying to go he was trying to get to uh, 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 Iran via Mexico. That was that's my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Go down there, fly like a fly, I can fly from uh. Mexico to, you know, England and England straight. You know what I'm saying? Boom. Since America won't let me out, and and they caught him. But listen to this right. I'm gonna play this right quick. This is this is how white white folks was talking after nonviolent Martin Luther King Jr. was started uh, having Negroes to vote. And and when we talk like I got that nigga, and you gonna whoop that nigga's ass. We got that talk from white folks. Listen to these old country white folks talk. was quote a communist plot. You take Martin Luther King that is being led by communists all over this great country feels that he has the key to the White House. He has the telephone call to the White House that can get anything he wanted. I spoke to the white people. The white people rallied behind it and we kicked the living hell out of the niggas since the outer town niggas to the hospital and out of the state put back to their own hometowns where they ought to have been and the niggas from St. Augustine got the fight and went back over nigger town where they belong. The feeling was that <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> so when we when we promote black liberty and we promote black unity, that is anxiety provoking for you, for for typical white folks. And they get naturally aggressive when this shit happens. You see what I'm saying? They must be running against us. That's the guilty conscience. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but this is called white guilt. Mm-hmm. Knowing you did something fucked up to a people, so anytime they start to organize, you automatically think they're going to do to you what you did to them. We're not going to mm-hmm. do the same thing. We ain't going to do the same thing. We're going to do worse. And this conversation is very, very, very on point tonight. I don't know if y'all know, but tonight uh, is a, a very, very peculiar full moon. The moon is actually 15% larger than it is normally. And next month we're going to have a, 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 a it's going to be bigger too. It's going to be a blood moon. So this, this is all, you know, everything's going all to rock. You know what I mean? In terms of time, anyway. You feel me? Mm-hmm. We always on time. We're people who move with the rhythm. We move with the rhythm, you know what I'm saying, what's going on. That's why we always on that's why we always what we call on time. For whatever needs to go on. Because we move by the rhythm. Move by the white band. And what I found interesting was that when we study history then we ain't gotta go that far. Back look at the sixties. Most of the Political parties that was in Jim Crow South was Democrats. <laughs> yeah, because the Democrats—that's what I'm saying. Like Democrats was the 
That was the slave type of uh, party. That was a party that, that didn't like black people. It was the Democrat Party. The Republicans was where the black people was at. They was on the Republican side. Then the roles got reversed. And, and see, that's a contradiction because when you, like, you know, I'm studying today. When you see in the '60s, they were smart enough to say, "Fuck this, we gonna start our own independent party," and got the power. Now, in 2015, all these niggas are Democrats. You see what I'm saying? What the fuck happened? Where'd the breakdown go? Where'd the breakdown of information go? Right, brother. It's, it's excuse me, Black Power and a BB48 family. Um, it's funny you mention that because you can see a hundred years swing in that. You know, our people become Republicans uh, with the Lincoln Emancipation Proclamation, 1863. Uh, you know. Um, Enforced by 1865, and then you have the same thing by 1965 with Lyndon Johnson, which now moves the, uh, our people to being Democrats for the Voting Rights uh, Act, as well as um, the Civil Rights Act. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, you, you see how they play us <clears throat> all being the same game, and you also had a Civil Rights Act. I believe too, eighteen late eighteen hundreds, the original one. I get the, the exact date in a hot minute. Um, I don't want to uh, give uh, off give the off date, as well as a voting rights bill, which some historians say was stronger than what happened in the repeat in the nineteen sixty five, sixty four, sixty five. Thank you for that. Just checking in. Mm-hmm. Oh, the original vote is right. Well, by the way, family, the name of the trader who was known as P-138 with J. Edgar Hoover, who was a friend of Marcus Garvey, one of the only friends he's supposed to have, who was in, um, the owner of uh, Ross and Berries, which made black dolls. His name was um, Hubert um, Bolin. See, the same, when you look at um, one of the main tools that they use to set up an individual to be a snitch is to get a scary motherfucker who already in jail. And you know what I mean? Hey, man, we can get you out, man. We need you to do some rule. And they, you know, basically individual who's completely oblivious, you know, don't know nothing about the movement. They, have, they can be easily trained. You see, when you when you deal with an individual who already has a position on it, to some extent, yeah, they can be a good good spy, but because they already have a position on it, 
they're going to be screening certain information. They're not going to give full information. Like, you know what I mean? They're going to hold back certain shit because they already have a position on the information. When you get a motherfucker who's just trying to get free, they're going to cross every T and dot every I in terms of what, what's asked of them. You see what I'm saying? So the first thing individual did, like I was taught, was you automatically go into the, the background of the individual. Hey, man, how'd you come to this point that you are now in your life? Everybody has a story. If the story sounds too fantasized, often because it just may be. I know black folks got a lot of different perspectives of life we come from and so forth. But in terms of, I know from my experience, we all seem to have the same, but brothers and sisters always seem to came, you know, that I talked to, they got where they are now, had the same kind of parallel in their life. You know what I mean? Individuals, like I used to be a, you know, a, a, a retired police officer for just not getting into the movement. A Ray Higgins, for example. He, he spotted out because this, I mean, <laughs> people going to change with the time. When you can't beat them, join them. That's the first tactic you use for, uh, 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 well, obviously can't beat them from the outside in, but we can't destroy them from the inside out. And in 2015, I mean, Geronimo Pratt just got out. I mean, a lot of brothers and sisters got killed who was in the first Black Panther Party. I ain't heard about no nigga in this new Black Panther Party. And last last speech I heard put in the hangout, so I'm listening to it, let the Muslims stand up. This is what Malik Zulu Shabazz saying. That, this nigga then overtoned the Black Panther Party with a, a nation of Islam Muslim presence. That wasn't there in this original All-Star, so it's very new. It's very new. In fact, we need to look at what is new about the Black Panther Party from the old Black Panther Party. It's a lot of different cons and uh, uh, pros and cons, and there's more cons than there is pros because it's, it's functioning as a con group. You know what I mean? When we're analyzing this, the functioning of Quarantel is, is functioning as the arm of white supremacy to make measures in terms of counter-information to deter us from unifying. That's mm -hmm. stunting our growth in actuality, family. That's it's stunting our growth. It's, it's, you know, it's putting a limit to our future, whether it be politically, socially, or economically. You know, once... Your politics and social shit is in order. The, econ the economics is the next thing to fall in line. So before, the reason why we can't get to know, you know, for niggas who want to always talk economy, we, we ain't going to be able to really truly get to that because we haven't had a true form of politics. In fact, I don't know what the fuck this shit is about, but most niggas, you know, most black people, we think that the pol politics is the minister. <laughs> is that just me, family? Do y'all notice that? Mm -hmm. That's that's confusing to me. How do you connect the politics with the minister when we know in church you can't talk politics? I don't know more. I mean, 
back in the day in the 60s, we've seen that the, the church was very active in the political affairs, but not anymore. And the minute we start organizing, then they get reactivated. That's all we need to notice right there. These niggas is on vacation 264 days out the year, and then they get a phone call from their handlers. Hey, your people are getting out of pocket. They're getting out of line. They don't know what's going on. Like Michael Max say, you can't ask these so-called Negro leaders what's going on in the black community because they don't fucking know because they ain't in the community. <laughs> So I'm saying that to say, why are individuals, <laughs> why are niggas lining up as if Farrakhan has always been at the forefront in terms of politics and social matters? And are you going, if you're going to go to, Mar- you know, to Washington with the, with the social political agenda, I'm putting all my money on no. Because first off, how could, you know, this Negro tell us, Justice or else, he never mentions who, but let's just say, he don't even say the white man the devil no more, do we, y'all? I say, cheese and taking pictures with him. So we know he can't say the white man's a devil anymore. We, you know, we're going to give you this little money, man, and don't mention, you know, don't say anything that's anti-Semitic, and don't say the white man's the devil. He called, he called Eminem his brother. Like Father Flager, right? Now, other than huh, only thing Eminem his pros and cons, I mean the nigga just raps. The cracker raps. That's it. Mr. Farrakhan ain't a rapper, and he ain't in entertainment. But his statement obviously shows that he's in the business of entertainment, right? How is he your brother? That nigga, Marshall Mathers, is an atheist, right? So we need to, you know, what was the love and care that the nation had in the 60s where they were reforming drug addicts and drug criminals? Remember that? I got some cousins who, elders, you know what I'm saying, and they, you know, he helped get them out, put that pipe down. You don't see that in the Disney Elijah Muhammad still movement. We don't see that anymore from Farrakhan. Now, let's get on Malik Zulu Shabazz, because he's saying kill the cracker. This nigga can get up there and say kill the cracker. But won't even mention, won't even mention the cracker in Scientology in its connection with Farrakhan. Y'all notice that, or am I just tripping? <laughs> so I never had the nigga on the couch, and that nigga said, "I am not here to talk about Scientology. I won't talk about Scientology. If you can't talk about something as small as Scientology that's going on in your vicinity with your partners, what makes you think you qualify or even?" have the integrity to speak on our affairs national or locally. Come on, man. WWF. 
His job is to function as an agitator, an agitator. So whenever we have these revolts, the, the, the quartel operation is so scandalous, they send infiltrators in to antagonize the most rebellious type of niggas, niggas who will react. Oh, yeah, brother, let's go get them, brother. I'm with you right now, brother, and we'll go with you to get the guns and shit right there, and then call the police, and right before you get to the pull-up, you wonder how the fans crack your motherfucking ass. Boom! A million police cars. That's their job. This happened in Ferguson with a, rep, a, a, a RBG group out there in St. Louis, Missouri out there. Who's like, fuck this shit, nigga. We, 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 you know, we meet every day on these same shit. We've been marching for months now. We know, we know the shit, so the police, let's do some shit. And we're talking that shit and had a motherfucker, one of them niggas among them. Oh, yeah, brother, by power, brother, by power, brother. I'm with you, brother. That nigga text messaging agent, something like, yeah, code name for, they're meeting up and such and such. You want to get him now? You want to get him now? So, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I got to hear your ideology first. I'm not impressed by your dress. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm really not. Because I, I know the code of conduct of my enemy is that they wear uniforms. And if they know your uniform, the better. They're going to they gonna stay in uniform. They're going to have the best tuck uniform. You see what I'm saying? But if they don't know the uniform, they're going to have to wear a normal dress. And I don't know about y'all. I live in these streets. You can tell... You get a pretty much idea of a nigga about how you know how he dressed, how he carries himself. I'm skeptical of a lot of niggas that ain't got no facial hair, who 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 grow facial hair but cut all of it off. I'm like, what the fuck, nigga, who you fooling? And a woman told me about that. <laughs> so we need to be looking at these aspects in history. And, and, and really internalizing this shit so when shit pops off, it's not a surprise. You know what I mean? It's not a surprise. I heard that Al Sharpton got his show cut canceled. Did y'all hear that? I believe he had a, a show, I think on Fox or NBC something. And they plug the plug up, pull the plug up, nigga. What are we paying you for, nigga? You can't get the job done. The youngsters booed you out. Same shit happened to SNCC. When SNCC voted, Stokely Carmichael to be their spokesman and voted the other new guy. He was, he was too, he was a house nigga. And he showed his true colors because after that he, he left the movement. Damn, nigga, you left the movement just because you got voted out. Yes, he, he said that he didn't feel the Black Power slogan because prior to that, SNCC was not in the business of promoting slogans. But we are promoting that. Are you talking about James Farmer? James, no, 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 I'm talking about in the South. What the fuck's this nigga name? Let me, let me look his brother's name up right quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, I've just gotten through a couple of weeks ago with a 45 or 46-day battle of Ingram Park, I call it. That's the park there in Birmingham where we stopped Martin Luther King. 
And I mean, ladies and gentlemen, we had that nigga whip. FBI in the South. His name is John Lewis, Brother Tim. Mm-hmm. John Lewis. Let's, let's him talk. He said it was a he, he said that it was a coup. He said Stokely Carmichael's advance to being the leader of the snick at that time was like a coup. <laughs> is that days still later. alive? I mean I mean not I'm looking for information on them right now. There's another uh, Lewis that was connected with the Civil Rights Movement with a different fellow. Representing the new militancy with MCAT, defeated John Lewis as national chairman. If you took a clear look at John Lewis, he looked uh, more like a young Martin Luther King Jr. than anything else. It was almost like a coup. Um, People were saying that uh, we need someone who would stand up to Lyndon Johnson. We need someone who would stand up to Martin Luther King Jr. It was clear that he'd been alienated from the uh, SNCC staff. So the vote against him represented that. But more importantly, it represented the clear insight of the SNCC organizers that understood that the question of morality upon which King's organization depended to bring about changes in the community were not possible. The SNCC people had seen war terror. And they understood properly that this raw terror had nothing to do with morality, but had to do clearly with power. It had been almost a year since Congress. Yeah, when you hear John Lewis talk, John Lewis sound like he sound. If you don't, if you didn't see the picture of him talking, you thought you'd think he was just a white liberal. <laughs> you seem like that brother black. Okay, oh, my bad. You know what I mean? He from down south. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I got these motherfucking messages out here popping that circus music. Yeah. <laughs> I said a little like messages out here bumping that circus music. You know, he was, you know, um, he was one, one who, who was, um, you know, very long time. And that's, you know, uh, you know, when we going over the Cointel Pro, you know, thinking about how it still is an effect, and understanding that those those who control the uh, Cointel Pro control both sides of any fight. And uh, I'm now I was already against the Black Lives Matter uh, organization. Now, excuse me, I'm firmly against it. Just looking at the whole 
instead of shenanigans and the mannerism which they deal. They are they pro homo and how did they get so close to Bernie whatever his name, Cracker Ryan President and President Clinton White? Mhm. So yeah, that's the best. Um, the one thing. One, this is there's a flip side to the civil rights movement because it was so visual. Because they document, you know, they documented on video and on paper and on news. We can go back and analyze their shit, and we was more politically aware then the fuck than we are now. We lost now. I don't know what the fuck going on. One of the issues is. There's no elders no more. There's a big-ass gap between, you know, normally times you have, you know, underage children, you know, toddlers, teenagers, young adults, middle-aged adults, elders, and great elders. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, you know, either way young, teenagers, middle, you know what I mean? I'm speaking really for my generation. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of niggas out here missing, you know what I'm saying? The kidnapped, held for ransom, murdered. It's a whole generation that's, that's missing out here, you know what I'm saying? And everybody acting like they don't see this shit. Out of sight, out of mind, I guess, you know what I mean? And Amos Wilson said this shit, I think, in 95. That there are, more black, there are enough black people in prisons to populate the city of Detroit. And that's a big-ass city, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Two million, three million, I think. And the interview is funny because the interview that um, Iranian news was having with Malik Zulu Shabazz was speaking right on that. And Malik, Malik Zulu, I mean, I mean Malcolm Shabazz jumped right in and, you know, he, oh, yeah. He said it's really funny. He said because we make up 12% of the, you know, there are more people, there are more people in general in America worldwide. America got more people than China. And China got a billion people. Out of a billion people, you think they have more criminals. because Not because they got a fucked up society. No, because they got a big number of populations, right? Then he went right into the Constitution. And how the Constitution state anybody can be deemed a state as long as they, what, try and convicted and become state property of the state, slavery. And went right into the shit, you know what I mean? And they let him talk. They ain't rushing him like they doing CNN. He was the special guest. Now, what's interesting? What's interesting is see, this is a new thing now. When it comes to certain individuals, they can't, like you said earlier, they can't martyr you. See, some, some they, they they've got to the point they have certain treatment for certain revolutionaries. Some revolutionaries get exiled. Some get killed. Some go to jail. Some become discredited. Some go crazy. These, right? Look at Louis Farrakhan, his age. 
Look at Elijah Muhammad. They've been involved in so much controversy, and they've provoked a lot of behavior towards, you know, us. They've created the mentality that the white man was the devil. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and when that was fine, we was doing good. Now, you have to ask yourself the question. This is in Malcolm X's autobiography. How can a man, talking about Elijah Muhammad, have a rhetoric in his, you know, philosophy was the white man was the devil, and they could turn around and have sit-downs with the KKK, y'all? That's very interesting. What was what was Elijah Muhammad's house? Y'all remember that? Remember he had he when he caught bronchitis. What the fuck did he have? Uh, he had a breathing condition, right? Where did he move to? What state did he move to? Y'all remember? I think it was like Arizona. Arizona. The one of the most racist. Southwest states. I think Arizona was one of the last states to come to the Constitution. Y'all know that? Arizona didn't become a state until 1912. <laughs> mm. I mean, let me make sure. Let me make sure. Let me make sure now. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, if you can find it quick, I got to go to my encyclopedia. Right here. I ain't got my, I'm on my phone, so I ain't buy no internet. So if you can find it quicker, look, look that shit up. Well, I just say, you know, look at the last places that we've been using. Move on in. Yep. Arizona entered the Union in 1912 as the 48th state. Oh, as the what state? The 48th. The 48th state. The only two left is what? Antarctica and Hawaii, right? <laughs> and them technically ain't states. So, better that's the last state to come into existence, right? Nigga, how you go from Chicago? Arizona. That's strategically correct. Because a nigga will have problems trying to find a leader if they want to assassinate him. But that's the military wise, that's strategic. He long way, you know what I mean? The leader, he went in Arizona where the, the, the headquarters in Chicago. That's strategically excellent. Also convenient, too. Because if any backlash happens, he can always disassociate himself from that group because, hey, I'm in Arizona, right? Yeah, I ain't nowhere around. No, but that's the way that they hide. See, that's how you know somebody who was dealing, in the, who was dealing as an agent, man. 
Is it because you got too many good backups? Everything is a good backup, too good. Everything is cut, clear, direct, all the time. Well, well what Colin saying? You're way cooking. Your jerry coat got just too much juice in it. Somehow, you're showing me that you're not you trust. And that's what we talk about uh, media. That that is the whole media. None of the, uh, anything that you get in the media should be something that's trustworthy. It all was created and manufactured to put on side that box to keep you here stimulated and not thinking about things that are outside of that. I say that's the one reason why we just don't quit everything, because we could quit and still be uh, above water, but we don't want to quit because the low light hook nose Jew has already convinced uh, everybody this is where we're supposed to be at. Mm-hmm. Hold up, my chat room shut down. Uh, can I uh, share a little something that uh, Malcolm, uh, the great Malcolm X, uh, says in the speech that he gives after the bombing of his house? Okay. Um, this is at the uh, end of it. It says... Um, if you recall, when I left the black Muslim movement, I stated that it wasn't my intention to even continue to be aware that they existed. I was going to spend my time working in the non-Muslim community, but they were fearful if they didn't do something that perhaps many of those who were in uh, the mosque, in parentheses, uh, black Muslims, would leave it and follow a different direction. So they had to start doing a takeoff on me. Plus, they had to try and silence me because of what they knew that I know. Because of what they know that I know, excuse me. I think that they should know me well enough to know that they certainly can't frighten me. But when it does come to the light, excuse me for for keep coughing like that, but I got some of that smoke last night. There are some things involving the black Muslim movement which, when they come to light, will shock you. The first thing that you have to understand about those of us in the black Muslim movement was that all of us believed 100% in the divinity of Elijah Muhammad. We believed in him. We actually, we actually believed that God, in Detroit, by the way, that God had taught him and all of that. I always believed that he believed it himself, and I was shocked when I found out that he himself didn't believe it. And when that shock reached me, when I began to look everywhere else and try to get a better understanding of the things that confronted all of us so that we can get together in some kind of way to offset them, and I find that paragraph very interesting, or the two paragraphs very interesting, because he alludes here to tactics that were being deployed against him. 
such as the bombing of his house. He was maybe he might have not been for sure if it was them or the FBI or a collaboration. You know, uh, uh, but he also um, showed that they were fearful of him because he was moving away from that religion of perversion, focusing strictly on being an African, um, that he would pull members away. And they couldn't have that either. So, you know, that only uh, adds more evidence to their culpability in his assassination attempt. And the realization that Elijah Muhammad uh, was a man and, and not, uh, he came out of the brainwashing of seeing him as being a god. You know, he whatever caused him to come up out of the fog and wake up and realize that Elijah didn't believe the things that he was saying about himself being a prophet and all of this and that. His damn self. Mm-hmm. I mean, he put that in his book too. Uh, then, then he did before he even left. They had to show that shit in the movie too. You know, it's in a book too. But it was one of Elijah Muhammad's sons who came to Malcolm. So they don't look at that part. Who was Mal- Mal- Malcolm? Was national speaker. So he he's busy like a motherfucker. Let alone very too busy to be knowing about the internal affairs of of of. Um, Guys, Muhammad, but it was one of his sons. I'm, I'm thinking it was Ward Dean. Was it Ward Dean, brother born? I believe that's who it was. It came to him. And let's be real. It don't take scientists to see that. I, I think, uh, Elijah Muhammad had a speech. Uh, <laughs> you know, the speech, the, the, the talking style between him and Malcolm was very different. Very different. And, you know, the, 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 the topics that Malcolm was able to cover and, you know, and the detail he was willing to go into him, Elijah Muhammad talked very, he talked like down south. He was very, very, like my uncle talked real slow, you know what I mean? Very basic, you know. But, but Mr. Rob, man, I, I heard, I heard some. I, I can't remember where I read this or who I heard make the comment, man. But they said that man, Malcolm used to say all the time, uh, uh, Elijah Muhammad teaches us. You know what I'm saying? But he would say that he would go into some teachings that was nothing that Elijah Muhammad teaches would really be his own teacher, but he would get the credit. To, to Elijah Muhammad on it. You know what I'm saying? What was it? I just, I just had read on this. I was tripping out. Mm-hmm. So when I listen to a lot of speeches, I can hear I, I hear that. You know what I'm saying? Because when you look at a lot of Elijah Muhammad teachers, they really not, I ain't going to say they're not black nationalists, but he, he, he don't teach uh like direct confrontation with yeah. with 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 the crackers, you know what I'm saying? You don't 
so so you think about some of the things Malcolm was teaching, you feel me? Was totally yeah. against was totally you know what I'm saying, opposite of that. Right. I believe that's why I believe that's why they started saying to man they had that Elijah started uh making the ministers take all their take all their speeches and stuff and send them in to Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things, though, as we speak of, is you have to see that um, religion of Islam is nationalistic, but it's Islamic nationalistic. And Islam that they come up under Ahmadiyya, which is a, which is the most accommodating to your enemy Islam that you can find. So that's what the problem was. So Malcolm moved away from Islamic identity and identification. He moved it to the greater uh, scope and context of Africa. Now, now, now what's crazy is Elijah Muhammad said he was a Garveyite, right? Yes, allegedly. And he's older than Malcolm, right? So yeah. he remember. He was a grown man or a young man when he the teachings of Marcus Garvey influenced him, you know, as his you know, I'm, I'm gonna say his foundation. Now look at the effects it had on Malcolm, who was was a youngster, what you know, a child basically. But he remembered the effects it had on it in this in his father. And even though his father died at a young age. We read Malcolm X's autobiography. He go into that shit, man. His daddy was was, was self sufficient. His daddy was a true Garveyite. He bought the property and built the house. Feel me? Yeah. And when they burnt that one down, he 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 had to move and built another one. And now I'm gonna say, fuck that. I'm holding this one down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he seen he he remember that strength. As his father from a young boy, then he seen the effects out on his mother and so forth. So he had that as his foundation before he even heard the principal teachers of Elijah Muhammad. And it's ironic to me because here it is a man who's who is Elijah Muhammad who say he was a Garveyite and was a grown man when Garveyite was out there, and a man like Malcolm X seemed to seem to be more consistent with Garvey's talk than Elijah Muhammad was. You know who else said there was a Garveyite too? <laughs> Noble Drew Ali. Garvey was punished for, for, for connecting us back to Africa. Africa for the Africans. And both them organizations changed their title for us. Asiatic. The Asiatic black man. Garvey didn't say nothing about no Asiatic black man. Did y'all hear Garvey say Asiatic black man, y'all? Not one. It was wrapped up more into the, ideo- the ideological theories of the religion and folks. Uh, when I hear religion, I think of control. Con- cults like control, right? That's what, why. Why you think you got so many different denominations of one of, of one one group with one book got over what four hundred thirty 
however many different factions, and they got one book, Control. I'm going to change this a little bit so I can be in a position to control who. All of them want to see, and all of them want to be overseers of people. Wait, they want to manage people's lives and shit. They want to be, yeah, they want to be leaders. Because both, both of them, both of them was Masons. We talking about uh, Farrakhan. I mean, we talking about Elijah Muhammad and Noble Jali. And then across the board, see, that's what blew my mind too. There's so much, a lot of the revolts was taking place, not in the areas they thought it was going to take place. Chicago and California, for example. I'm thinking for myself when I say this. A nigga like Malachi Z. York wouldn't have made it out here. I'm being real. Niggas wasn't fucking with Farrakhan in California until Khalid came. Look, do the, do the numbers. Go look at the research. Farrakhan for Khalid. Y'all wouldn't have welcomed down the bars, mate. <laughs> oh. Hell no. Hell no. See, people don't put that in the context. <laughs> See, people don't even tie that aspect in with hip hop. Like, 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 this off topic, but I got to put this shit in here. Like, the minute, the minute, I ain't even seen this right out of the shit yet, but I, I know the shit, we lived the shit out here. But the minute that shit came out, this nigga Red Pill and Black Dot. And I'm tired of this shit, like, these niggas constantly, they destroyed hip-hop. Nigga, you niggas had pistols and shit on y'all shit, y'all was just talking different grammar. But the thing they feel to mention is that, nigga, we, we, L.A., period, L.A., we ain't talking about all of California. Southern California, Los Angeles experienced two riots. In half a century, big riots, banging on the police, fuck the police, nigga, and the National Guard. Oh, uh, them niggas was working with the Illuminati, but they were saying fuck the police. That shit don't make sense to me. Look at Geronimo Pratt. Wasn't he in California? Police. Busting on the police. Look at Geronimo Pratt. Police, right? Police, right? Yeah. Nigga, we don't give a fuck about the police out here. Because <laughs> police in California gang bang too. You got Crips that's police. You got Blood that's police. You got South Side Messers that's police. So that's all indicative to the culture. Now let's look at Chicago. Chicago, fuck the police. Chicago, don't even fuck about police. Fred Hampton busting back on them police. Go listen to the listen to the the uh, uh, police the police chief in Chicago at the time. And after he goes about the murder, he said that there was numerous occasions when they asked them niggas to stop shooting, cease fire, and they didn't. What that tell y'all? Them niggas was busting, wasn't they? <laughs> Goddamn right. Now, Farrakhan got y'all believing that he need a, and nigga, he got a million motherfuckers. He got a, he got 2,000 killers in Chirac right now. Ready. Youth. Every revolution starts with the youth. Every successful leader has been one. Whatever you hear by Malcolm X. 
The youth loved him. The youth put him on that pedestal. Why? Because the elders were saying he's stirring up white folks. That's what elders were saying. The youngsters were saying, he telling that man, he telling, he, he telling the man how it is. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Every revolution starts with the youngsters. It's, it, it, it takes a charismatic, you ain't got to be no elder. You ain't got to be no, you know, it just takes a charismatic leader to point the, to point everybody in, in, in the right direction in terms of what we need as a collective. That's it. And it's not hard to do. That's why they target gang leaders. Because they know every every gang leader has a charismatic nature. And that means even if it is a gang, even if, even if it starts out as a gang, charismatic, charisma's charisma. And, and and they know black people change for good. We bump our head and shit like that, but when we start really seeing what the problem is, we speak on it. What am I talking about? Larry Hoover, for example. I think they had Larry Hoover locked up since he was 15, 16, y'all. No murders. They ain't got him with no pistol, no nothing, since he was like 16. And he's responsible for starting one of the biggest movements in Chicago, the GD Nation. 15 years old, y'all. See what I'm saying? Look at, look at the Black Panther Party. How, how young are them, them was youngsters. Yeah, them niggas was young. So the new propaganda that's out right now is to make sure youngsters ain't, I mean, they've created this culture of individuality among us. This is the effects, and we got to assess this shit and put it in its proper place because we are the children, we are the grandchildren of the civil rights movement. Political programs take two decades to work out. That's how you see the results. 20 years later, you see if this shit works, right? I was born in 82. God damn it. That's 20 years after 62. That's the civil rights movement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, go ahead, brother. Like, I was just going to say, when you say they read individualism, and then they give us the only other outlet besides individualism when you want to be a group, and when that's what, when you spoke on this affair kind, just wanted to you know, point that out, is that that's the one outlet that they give you for your expression of, your, of any type of rage right now. They put the context and sell it up for us with this um, million, million more marks, 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 whatever the hell it is, justice or else. But they give you your only outlet. Exactly. That's what we. That's what we definitely. Hold on. I share brother born, and it makes me think of uh, what Dr. Amos Wilson terms is historical amnesia, because I don't know how people could say Farrakhan's been a good leader, he's a great man, and the things that you and Brother Minkara have broke down regarding his um, traitorous history, his traitorous past, um, amazes me that anybody could say that. You know, Eve, okay, Let's say you don't know about Malcolm. Let's say you don't know that. 
you have to know about Dr. Khalid Muhammad. Anybody that's 30 and up has to know that. Okay? So how was that excuse? How was this man being called by the enemy to disown his brother, the man who put his life on the line, the man who built his ass back up, all right, after uh, the assassination of Malcolm X, that you would turn your back on this man after getting a call from one of the small hats to tell you to disown him. And that's exactly what you do. You give a, He give a press conference for Dr. Khalid actually teaching. That's what the man did at King College that day. So I don't know how people can forget that, you know. And then the most recent, like you men- mentioned, justice for all. Uh, what is uh, justice for all creeds? Uh, having homosexuals come. Where is that okay at? What would Dr. Khalid Muhammad's position be on that? I, I, I heard, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, Queen, but I had heard a brother uh, breaking it down. Uh, and he was speaking, saying, the man, in, in actuality, and when I looked into it a little more, you know, what he was saying was the truth. You know, he was saying, man, in actuality, uh, Dr. Khalil was trying to really stick to the teachings of Elijah Muhammad more so than there were Farrakhan, but we see he ended up doing You know what I'm saying? We see he was already taking it there during that time. He had to be taking it there to have a meeting with the Black Caucus in the first place to even think about having to dismiss uh, Dr. Khalil. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, you're totally correct about that, Brother Brother Tim, you know, um, that was the main problem, and that, and that's what Farrakhan could already foresee. That he was trying to go away from the, yeah, my bad, brother. No, Farrakhan could foresee that it would be a problem with college still being inside the group while moving along the path of Scientology and, and, and moving more into Orthodox Islam and into a self-help group. Because if you look at the FBI files and what they stated that they wanted to do with the Nation of Islam was turn them from nationalism and turn them into a self-help group. And we've seen Khalid was turning more and more nationalistic, and he turned from Islamic nationalism into African nationalism, but it was still along the program, the, the like the um, social program of Elijah Muhammad. Still had to, you know, he still wanted to keep, that structure that yep. Elijah had brought up, you know what I'm saying, and had them strong, had them having their own businesses, because he seen that shit was good. And Farrakhan knew that that was going to be a total problem and had to snake him out there and put him, he had to put him out in a manner way out in front of white people to say, that, look, my hands is off of him. That's what that meant. My hands is off of him. Y'all can do what y'all please. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, like I'm, like y'all, y'all mentioned earlier, even the teachings of the white man is the devil. You know man. what I'm saying? We don't even hear that no more. We like he backed all the way off of that. And we can see that happening right around, you know what I'm saying? At the same time, what we hear from, from Dr. Khalid is, you know what I'm saying? 
and the money band, they also control their own opposition. So the people who speak the loudest against them, I know that they're the ones that he's controlling, like a, a.k.a. the Ku Klux Klan, who always the low-life Jew, this, that, and the third. And they pay them, and as the same way that we, we know that, hey, H.L. Uh, Hunt was paying the Nation of Islam, giving them money, and also giving money to the Ku Klux Klan at the same time. So that shows that, you know, both opposition get paid. And so that's what uh, that's what Malcolm could see once he went outside, as you were saying, once he became international, once he began, um, began to really become privy to the information outside of being in the Nation of Islam structure where information was guarded or there was only certain things that he wanted to speak about or that he would want to even listen to. So there, once he began to listen to more, he could be able to see exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Because now look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. All the government need is motive for a conspiracy to try an organization, right? That's right. Yeah. The motive, they said, this is white folks. The motive was Nation of Islam killed Malcolm X because of his uh, disgruntled, his, this is uh, falling out with Raj Muhammad, right? That's enough to best, okay, okay. Let me, let me get my words together. Conspiracy. They say, what's the motive, right? The motive's right there. They don't, the fact that they have two members of Nation of Islam they have recorded beef. They have rhetoric coming from other motherfuckers that they should kill Marvel. That's conspiracy, right? Let's look at how the government works. The government don't give a fuck about you know when, when they bring they, they don't look at picking a side and saying we're gonna do, we're gonna defend Malcolm X's murder. No, they're looking at the opportunity to bring down a black organization, right? Sure. They kill. Right, they they they, they, they they kill two birds with one stone. Now you know mm-hmm. they kill Malcolm, and by them killing Malcolm X, that opened up a window of opportunity for us to go ahead and investigate the Nation of Islam and charge them with conspiracy and disrupt this whole organization. But like Brother Bond just stated earlier, if you got rich white philanthropists giving money to the KKK and the Nation of Islam, that means they on the payroll. Certain mm-hmm. shit don't apply to them, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm trying to... How can an organization still function and they have been tried with an organized assassination, a successful assassination, right? Listen, not only one... Listen, listen, right? All right. <laughs> you know, you're saying that about successful assassination, but... You know, it's hard, even when you get all the way to the point of right now where we at, when you look at the John Muhammad, who was a Nation of Islam member, you can look and you can see that the Nation of Islam had a group called the, um, oh, I believe it was the Angels of Death. It was the Angels of Death. But they was in his squad out of Philly, Nation of Islam members. They was cutting people's heads off because there's a, there's a lesson that states that in order to get you free transportation to, to the holy city of Mecca, 
and uh, what you had to do was uh, give four. You had to you had to give up four double heads in order to receive a pin on your lapel and get free transportation to see your brother Muhammad in the holy city of Mecca. If I remember that degree correctly, but if I don't, that's very what I just said is very close to it. But and what was happening was you had Nation of Islam members out actually cutting white people's heads off. Straight up. You know what I'm saying? On some straight wild, like, we're going to collect four devil's hands because we want free transportation. What was that brother's name? Who was, um, he was good friends with Karina Abdul-Jabbar, wasn't he? And he said that, uh, remember, Karina Abdul-Jabbar is an orthodox Muslim. Mm-hmm. So the brother said that, uh, and I think Karina Abdul-Jabbar bought him a house or something, and he was a, uh orthodox Muslim and basically was speaking that, uh, Elijah Muhammad was a fraud. He wasn't a prophet. There's only one prophet in Islam. And, 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 and what the CIA did was they they wrote up some fucked up shit that he said against Elijah Muhammad derogatory. And when, yeah. like you said, that, that mosque from Philly got to it. When, when, that, when that mosque in Philly, the brothers from Philly, got wind of that shit, and it was a fake letter. A fake letter. Like a fake email. Or fake Facebook wall or something like that, and they went with the murder squad, and they cut, well, they killed the baby, the woman, everybody in the house was dead. Now this brother got connections with Karina Abdul Jabbar, so that means he got money on his side for an investigation. The fact that they tied to a black organization like the Nation of Islam, who already connected for the murder assassination, successful assassination of Malcolm X. That would be spurred. That would be red flag for what the fans to come in like they did. Uh, 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 even even Malachi Z. Y'all got the fair treatment. Did y'all see how them fans ran into uh, uh, his little cop house? Mm-hmm. They ran his shit like nigga. They had a small platoon. Little army out there. Cars, yeah, agents, five, four, five helicopters, and he was just allegedly for touching kids, not murder. <laughs> and organized crime and racketeering. This Islam got racketeering charges. Shit, I'm surprised they ain't got cracked for tax fraud yet with the motherfucking newspaper like they did. Marcus They're religious. They're religious organization. They're religious They're organization. Non-profit. See? Non-profit. Yeah, and, and, and the only thing it don't say it don't say that you got to pay for them papers. It say donation. Even though they charge your ass the donation charge. You know, it's supposed to be free if you ask, ask for it. Right. So mm-hmm. this is this is you know we're doing some 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 critiquing. No, no, we're doing some analyzing because that's what needs to be going on. Some some strong analysis of what the fuck is going on right now. Uh, yeah. Like for example, for example, the we know that even in '65 there was feds in the nation of Islam. They mean to tell me they couldn't stop Malcolm X's assassination before it happened, but they were able to stop his daughter from killing Farrakhan? <laughs> huh? Go look it up.
yeah, I, I was always suspect about that anyway, though, uh, Brother Minkara. Mm-hmm. And out of all her, the daughters she got, she looked just like him. She looked more like Malcolm than all her other daughters. She got the high cheekbones. She looking like a proud queen with her with her with her with her, uh, her crown on. And she, her body language says it all. He was more, my interpretation, he was uncomfortable. It seemed like he was more scared sitting next to her than she was of him. I don't think her name is uh, Corbilla or something like Corb- that. Yeah, Corbilla. Yes. Yo, he was, he was. She, she, yo, if it wasn't for the cameras, if it wasn't for the cameras, she was going to jump. She would have jumped on him. Yeah, she, she was, she was at, of a good age when that happened. They killed him. They killed him right in our face. Exactly. Remember that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she seemed to be poised to me. I mean, her discussion, she was. She seemed to be very poised, you know, for a sister. She had her shit together. I mean, you know, I was, you know, he was uncomfortable. You see the looks he was giving her? He kept adjusting his seat when she was talking. Watch that head nigga was very uncomfortable. That nigga was sweating that little dookie head out. <laughs> That's a cock. That's a cock thing. Well, you know, it, it started off a cock, but, you know, he got the original. He got the duke now. That's the. <laughs> it's cock, too. It's either. <laughs> <laughs> cock and the and duke, duke wave. Both of them together. But now you know she she had him shook because he could feel that energy. She, you know, what you say, brother Warren? I'll say this, though. I think she was more in a position to speak more freely because she had no money tied to this shit, and she had no involvement in it other than her observation of watching her father being assassinated by an organization he helped start. You see what I'm saying? Black Power? Did they, did they cut us off? Black power, I can hear you, bro. Black power. Okay, I've been making sure you can't. We can't be talking. We've been we've been going off too much, man. They watching us too. <laughs> yeah, they must know that. But yeah, you know, after that show, he man, watch her, watch her, man, watch her. She may do something. Why? Because she's speaking on what you. That's the guilt. That's the guilt. And this handler jumped right on it. And see, white folks do, they espionage, they they go all the way. So they murder her. You know what I'm saying? They don't, when they do espionage, and when you, hey, man, you called us to fix the problem. Malcolm, I mean, Farrakhan called them to fix the problem. Hey, man, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Malcolm X's daughter may do something, man, just watch her. They didn't just watch her. They took her ass to jail, sent her son to live with the, uh, with the grandmother, killed the grandmother. 
burnt her up in her own house and then convicted the grandson of doing the shit. That's some that that don't sound right to me. Yeah. That do not sound right to me. Okay, well nobody say how that luck how all that bad luck hit them after meeting that nigga Farrakhan on the radio. I mean, you see what I'm saying? All that bad luck hits that family after they wanted to bring up the murder of their papa, right? Yep. like the tactics that's used on individuals who bring up all shit that don't they don't want to be exposed. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Timing is everything. I gotta go back and find that if somebody can find when that interview was. Because after ninety one he had a lot of explaining to do. After Malcolm X the movie he had a lot of explaining to do. It kind of helped refuel the nation of Islam, but his position was different. You know, he was talking a lot of shit back then. You know what I mean? He was saying the white man was the devil back then because he was needing to get his numbers back up. Yeah, man. Then he run he run a nation of Islam like because he's the CEO of a company, not of a not of a leader of a of a group. You see the point I'm making? And CEOs don't want to hand them hand them motherfucker off to nobody. When I die, do, 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 you know the motherfucking shit's over <laughs> because he's not looking for the um he's not trying to build a dynasty. When you when you building dynasties like our ancestors did, you ain't, ain't no haterism in your bone. Your position is to hold your shit down, get your glory, and then find someone else to pass the torch to with the same aspirations that you have toward the nation, right? Yeah. I'm saying he ain't got one right now. No hair to the to the uh. That's how power works. That vacuum gets created. Or someone you know not in a position, or the, the king dies, or a nigga get popped on the block. That's a vacuum. You can see the the streets even have that 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 that, that pecking order, right? Yeah. Even though the police is trying to control all of that shit, you come on, you know, when you got to, you know, the streets to determine who's going to be the next nigga on the block. We talking about the streets before snitching, you know, because we talking about, you know, the criminal aspects in the streets. But, you know, when, the, you know, the, the, when the shit, you know, when it's a good time in the hood, I don't know how to explain this shit for the squares, but you niggas, and niggas from, the, from the block know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the square may not understand what, you know, Not, not, not for these cats. And then, you know, the mentality of all these individuals is to take shit off from what the fuck they doing, and never really talk about what's really going on. His position really is, is to to fill out 
how many motherfuckers going to show up so he can file in line and report that shit. That's what it is. He's supposed to, he's, he's, he's the temperature gauge for the black community right now. What's, 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 you know, what's the, what's the temperature right now? Because he appeals to some of our people as being one who's of militancy and one who's relevant and one who's a leader. He can, he can check the temperature a little bit on that. He can, he can, you know, jump in certain Nothing. topics of conversations that niggas like Al Sharpton can't get involved in. You know what I mean? Niggas like Jeff Jackson can't get involved in. One thing I be seeing that helps him, though, right now, man, you know what I'm saying? I, I see niggas say this shit all the time, man. The, the thing that helps that nigga, man, is that nobody else is out there. At that big, at that on 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 that, you know what I'm saying? As far as black leadership, you see what I'm saying? Uh huh. That that's that, everybody out here is coming us talking about. He's the only black man out there saying something that he pull that power. That's the true statement. You know what I'm saying? That's the true statement, bro. That's suspect right there, too, brother. That's suspect right there, because how was he the only nigga up? <laughs> yep. That's what I was about to say, King. You know what I mean? Uh, because that means we overlook all kind of foul traitorous shit, because there ain't no leader. Well, why do, why do our people have to have a leader? Where did this originate from? Mm-hmm. It's the Messiah complex they gave us. They make us believe we need a Messiah. It's something new, because it didn't exist. When we look at the 60s, when Michael Max passed, it didn't stop. Strictly Carl Michael picked it up, goddamn me, the H. Uh, uh, HR Raps, goddamn around this motherfucker. You see what I'm saying? The list go on and on and on. The pain who hate is. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's speaking on the same shit. How now... Only one, see, only one mother, because they can, they don't even, see, they know the power. They only, they won't even give a motherfucker. They even watch what they get on the camera. I'll be mad. That's why I watch TV, because I'm like, they, they, they even pick up, they, they pick the dumbest motherfuckers from our, our people to speak for on the camera. And they used to do little reports back then on us because they didn't know about the movement. Now they know about the movement. They know that they can't afford to give no nigga too much time line. Yeah. Any nigga get too much exposure got to be a nigga that's on the payroll. <laughs> That's what it is, man. Is back in the gap, man. Back then, you know what I'm saying? They used, they was able to use the media to their to advantage. You know what I'm saying? Just because really the media having TVs in every household and shit, that shit was still new in the future. That shit was a still new concept. You know what I'm saying? So, so I mean, now you showing, you know what I'm saying? You, first niggas was seeing they. It was kind of a, a good thing for them to be able to show them they, they kick a nigga's ass and shit. You know what I'm saying? Niggas, niggas marching and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, look at these crazy ass niggas out here marching in water hose. You know what I'm saying? But but it puts so much. It puts so much. So it put it out there to so many people that it that it got sympathy from a lot of motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's where. That's what they was trying to appeal to was, was the sympathy of motherfuckers. But now we, 
shoot past that shit. You really got to say, man, what, what use, like you say, what use are we getting out of the media now? You know what I'm saying? We ain't, we ain't getting no, we don't really get no, we don't get no benefits from it. As soon as we was to get somebody out there on the, on the level like that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that we putting them in, we really putting them out, you know what I'm saying? You, if you really get out there, uh, I'm saying if you get out there, though, we automatically know what you had to go through to get out there. So that's the that's the thing about history. We can go back and look and see the historical account of how these other people got out there. So we know you're going through the same door. They ain't changed them channels. Well, baby. You know what I'm saying? And see, this this is the news propaganda they're running right now, like you said, because they, they rewriting history every day. The feeling that you get from history books and politics and the media when it comes to our motherfucking plight is that we dealt with y'all in the 60s. Mm-hmm. We fixed that in the civil rights movement. What are you guys complaining about? So the minute we get to talking about the same shit 2015 that's going on that was going on in the 60s, racism, police brutality, you know what I'm saying, killings. They give you but, affirmative action. Yeah, when the, when, the, when, the, when the brothers start talking about that shit, just like, and it sounds like our brothers are talking in the 60s and shit, watch the, watch the wordplay that they use on the motherfucker. Why are you spewing hate? I'm Never, like what's his name said, it's, it's this new thing called misdirection. Uh, uh, attack you for being right. Don't address the top, don't address the facts. Address how you brought the information or, mm-hmm. or, or type of fashion. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Now, that's what I was talking about when I was saying about the Facebook. When I brought the facts, I'm getting attacked on because how I brought the facts. Because so I, I didn't know, you know, I don't know how else to say that you're wrong. <laughs> and this is what it is, you know. Nah, nigga, you shouldn't be telling us we're wrong. You should go along with the lie. Mm-hmm. And to Brother Tim's point, you know, uh, one of the reasons why those images of them using dogs and water holes on our young people at that time was um, strategic for the small hats who control the media and still do by a large number. I mean, Definitely now, you know, but by a large number then, you know what I mean? After the Reagan um, deregulation, then shit definitely got consolidated by them, even more so than it had already been, you know. But Mm -hmm. they put that out there because they were using us as, like Dr. Clark and many others have spoke on, and Dr. Amos Wilson, as their cannon father to get certain uh, political gains. Yeah, and mm-hmm. social uh, uh, gains. Because one, yeah, one of the just, things remember I'll, they come in twenty years, right, off of a Nazi joint, right? Yeah, that's exactly. That's what they wanted to get white people off of them. Because see, white people still had an angst against that goddamn Jew, so he had to throw white people seeing their economy going bad. They had been through the depression. They knew that it was the shyster bankers. 
who did this shit to them, and they need the new targets. So hold up. We got to get them from looking at us because we know they're going to get us like they got us everywhere else. We, we know. And so there's no motherfucking sympathy, you know, because the fact is is that Cracker Beast, who the majority of them had TVs, you know, or more numbers than we did at the time, uh, they weren't moved by those images. In fact, they got pumped up to to do more against mm-hmm. You know, and um, I had mentioned before about the first Civil Rights Act, and that first Civil Rights Act was in 18. The Civil Rights Bill was passed over um, President Andrew Johnson's veto April 9th. However, it wasn't really enacted until 1875, Civil Rights Bill, enacted by Congress uh, March 1st. And then you have uh, the first thing that was supposed to give us voting rights was the 15th Amendment, which was in uh, 1870, uh, became a part of the Constitution on March 30th. Mm -hmm. So to add to that point, Sister Camille, I watched this uh, documentary on the 60s, and what they were showing was that even... After that so-called bill was passed and we was allowed to vote, when they when they had black people in uh, Mississippi identifying with this individual uh, political party that wasn't Democratic, wasn't uh, Republican, the Panthers, it was his elder. He was 106 years old. It was the first time he ever registered to vote. He wasn't the only one. But I'm like, damn, 106. This is in 66. It's after Michael died, 66. I'm, that man was born in slavery, y'all. Feel me? Slavery ain't that long. We was free 1865, allegedly. That was 100 years after 65, right? I say. He was, he was six years old. He was born in slavery. You know what I'm saying? So that shit didn't happen that long ago. That shit happened. Your grandfather's... Or your grandma's grandma was in slavery or born in that time of slavery. And we all know what happened after slavery with the propaganda that came after that. The um the uh birthright for you 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 in order for you to vote after they freed us, we still couldn't vote because you had to own property. If you could if you if you didn't own property you couldn't vote. If you couldn't read if you you know, you could you had to pass certain literacy tests, you couldn't vote. Uh what was the other one they had? But there was other stipulations they put in place so we couldn't vote for 100 years. We just now, it's put like this, we just now getting hip to the voting shit now. Why do you think we static over President Obama becoming the first black president? <laughs> Show you how really immature we are with politics and because, you know, the relationship we have with slavery. Uh, and you say in 100 years, Rick Obama? We just out of this. We just in the 50-year anniversary of the second civil voters' right act that they had to have, because they had to come up with a new one to give us what we would do, break us up out of this slavery that they had us. They had kept us in. So I only give us 50 years, man. Barely 50 years out. Yeah, but it, it say that the Constitution don't mean jack shit. Mm-hmm. Because the 15th Amendment. On March 30th, 1870, is supposed to take care of that. 
And it did for a little while. To the, to, to, the, to the real beast came out. Yeah, the real beast. But that has not, not you know what I'm saying? It's not like it's been removed from the Constitution. So there should, a hundred years later, there should have not have to be a Voting Rights Act, which every 20 years have to be renewed by Congress. That, that should not be the case. And Notice that for years. Okay. Notice that because they know they know revolutions grow in every every, every ten year in, in every gener- generations. Twenty years is added. Yeah. Like what you said, we twenty years after the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. I'm you know grandchildren of the civil rights movement. Now you're right. You're right, Michael. Huh? You're right see, because they have to control that. See, they want to see how much, what kind of power are you trying to give yourself. So every 20 years, they get to check and see how you've been voting, your interest. They get to see the interest. Right? Like, like you know, like what the Jews always looking for. They always looking about the interest. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, that's the main thing of what, who got interest in this situation. So during the time of looking for this interest, they make sure that they keep us under the, under the um, suppression of a brand new story. Every 20 years, they make sure they get a brand-new story for us, a brand-new storyline, keep you down. They brought Obama up. That was the brand-new storyline. They said, hold up, man. We have to keep them suppressed, keep them down, give them a brand-new storyline. But during the 1870s, when they made that Voters' Right Act, what they realized then was that if you let us have our own agenda and see to our own uh, will what we would grow and what we would, what we would become, we would no longer become cattle anybody, but we would be controllers of our own destiny. So that's why they had to beat us, kill us, maim us into uh, just not voting at all. So just like, we just ain't going to the polls. Fuck it. If this is if this what they want to do to us to go in and try to vote, fuck it. We straight. Y'all can run every goddamn thing right now. Just don't give us no trouble. Mm-hmm. And they tie in that too with population growth. So they're gonna say, "Hold on, we need to reestablish this voting rights shift for Negroes every twenty years because of what we vote in blocks and we and our and our population has been increasing." Just slavery, despite mass murder, despite calculated no no, despite premeditated genocide. Mm-hmm. No, 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 what do they call it when you try to kill somebody you're not successful? Mm-hmm. Attempted murder, attempted, right? Attempted, attempted, yeah, yeah, attempted murder. Attempting genocide because they're still doing it. Despite that, our numbers are still increasing. And see now, but really, now they're making it to govern all all minorities because look, they never they, they saw what they were so. Focused on us, they didn't see the Latino populations rising. Well, it's convenient for them. Well, they don't have to really police them because, believe it or not, I'm not, I'm speaking for Te- know, so Te- Texas. All Latinos in Texas vote Republican. See, I got, I get this, I'm getting this from Brother Bone right here. Ain't nothing in the world worse than a wannabe little hat, a wannabe small hat. Mm-hmm. What? Damn it! I'm going to 
white and Republicans. Because you can be white and Latino. They changed that shit now in the 2010 census. You got white Latinos. And niggas got See, you know what that label is for? It's to create a new white people. See, you can't create a new black people, but you can create a new white people. And what they want to do is they want to brown the white population up enough that they just don't exist no more. That's what white people was fighting against. White people fighting against that. President Chris Wilson is correcting that the white people are fighting against uh, genetic uh, annihilation, and they're being pushed towards it like... When you you when you got a population of people who are already mixed breed, they don't care. When you got a population of Asiatic, uh, Asian, mixed uh, mixed white and Asians who control who control the population and who are really playing control over a European society that they created, a European penal colony over here in America that they created, they realize that the the one thing that we need to do to them. It make them not exist no more as a separate people because as long as they separate like that, they come with the same idea that we come with that they better. And they're the chosen people. We don't need two chosen people out here. Mm-hmm. They're the chosen people. And see, the, the same thing, and all they do is put their own cultural twist on it. The chosen people, the Calvinists, they said they were the chosen people. And they put even, like we were talking about previous show, they, they said what they were looking over, unless it was two races, the the, the breast and the dam, basically, right? Yup. <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> and that's how it is, you know, and that's, and, and, and since they cut it like that, we have to cut it the same way. You got Africans and you got non-Africans. Everybody is fucked up. You either in or you out. Mhm. And it just show you, it just show you like like they propagate. This society is really fucked up, man. Because the one like the homosexual shit that they pumping, right? Notice that they they can tell we can take a man, we can change a man and make them a woman, and I think vice versa. But they never say we can turn a white man. To a nigga, mm-hmm. we know we can make a nigga a cracker, and he can still be black. We can't never turn a white man black, ever, never. Look at Eminem. Not even Michael Rappaport. Thank you, because he's comfortable being white. They talk, when you see, like, white folks who be hanging with niggas, they might have some braids. They talk that way, like how we do the, the they think that pleases to us. But in actuality, they're comfortable being white. There's no self-hate there. There's some envy. They envy us. But they feel comfortable being white. I'm very fascinated by Mark Wahlberg and Eminem. Marky Mark. Didn't like niggas. Y'all know that, right? Never liked niggas. Jew. Jew rapper. Niggas is... You got niggas... I'm going to take it to something relevant. You got niggas siding with... Oh, oh, the more recent, my little brother. The Meek Mill Drake thing. 
and I don't watch TV, but that nigga showed me a video where this nigga Drake got on a little little hat, and he in the synagogue, and he still gets street cred. Like, you niggas is that lost? Yeah, nigga still, he's, he's a regular old small hat. I try to tell niggas he's a regular old hat. Y'all motherfuckers let these goddamn hats come in here and trick your ass with all this motherfucking bullshit. The hats went from higher behind the board to they just threw hats right on the screen. Fuck it. Fuck it. There's a new Beastie Boys. Because there was a bunch of hats. Motherfuckers were talking that shit about NWA. I'm going to tell you, Buster Simmons is the one who sold out goddamn hip hop. Thank you. He sold out fucking hip hop. Run DMC Russell, World, rock this way. Yeah, yeah Russell Simmons sold it out. He gave, he sold that shit to that motherfucking, to that goddamn uh, stringy hair white boy, what's his name? Um, Rick Rubin. He sold it out to Rick Rubin. They they bought that shit. They bought the rest of the shares of the, of the Dub Jam Company. And Russell Simmons defined to them what hip-hop was. And once he gave them a definition, a working definition of what hip-hop was, they ran with it and started to create what the fuck they said is hip-hop. Because once they had the definition, they could redefine it for their own selves and then give it to us because they control the fucking media. They control the airwaves. Because before then, our music just could play. They couldn't tell you what the fuck you were supposed to be saying, what you couldn't be saying. They couldn't define what the fuck the hip-hop was about. But once they got it, they said, oh, oh, now we know what the fuck it is. <laughs> now here, here go the Beastie Boys, bitch. <laughs> here you go. We got something for you. And they just re restructured what the fuck it was and started to use it against us slowly but surely because you can't do it all at once. Yeah. And they kind of gave a commercial definition. But mm-hmm. B-Boy yeah, is spray painting. Nigga, that's it? Yeah, yeah nah, y'all but exactly. They ain't gave no poverty us commercial... involved? Ain't no poverty and police involved with that shit? <laughs> no, they gave us the definition of what it was. They defined it for us, gave it to us. You know what I'm saying? It's just... They didn't define it as a culture. It's just a hip-hop expression. It's just an expression of music. They didn't, they didn't put along with it exactly how it came about through, like you said, through the wanting to tell the stories of the hardship, of uh, uh, getting fucked over by the police, uh, of, uh, you know, of our mothers, of our mothers uh, being strung out, fathers being strung out, babies getting raped. And then KRS One was on his thug shit a couple of first albums, huh? Niggas feel, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Eric, uh, 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 Eric B and Rakim with those banks and shit. Uh, yeah, KRS One his first album. Fifty Cent. They were fucking with Stick Up Kid like Fifty Cent. So come on now, let's be real. Like <laughs> KRS One, his first album, he had a couple little gangster tracks up there, but after his brother, after his DJ got shot. It went a little more education than than just outright just entertainment, just to entertain. On his second album, which was um, my philosophy, he just changed, he changed everything right on over. Airbnb and Rakim, though, they never really went gangster on they on they shit. Now they they hung though, they like they was in the they in the hood. So everybody hang with the gangsters. This was the thing about hip hop. Hip hop was once the streets once defined hip hop. 
the rappers wanted to be like the people who were in the streets. And then it turned to the streets started to imitate hip-hop. And that, that changed over, uh, I don't know, probably around it. It's when, uh, it, 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 Brother B, my bad, Black Power. It's the problem. Hip-hop got monetized, brother. Monetized. When every time something gets monetized, it's the small hat shit. That's what they do. You The video you posted up. All right, Black Power. Black power. The problem with everything is monetization because you gotta now now you gotta organize that shit. Mm-hmm. Now to organize it, I need genres. <clears throat> now when I create genres, which certain genres gonna get pushed and which certain genres ain't gonna get pushed? Come on, man, that's what they did. Listen, monetization, <laughs> capitalism is a fucking problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're watching the market. We're gonna to try to market you to a bigger audience. They, we see, we see the gangster shit and and what was it? The five heartbeats. I say, what's the motherfucking name? Red. songs, yeah. <laughs> and nigga Perm was wild. He was banging. He was shit night of his day. <laughs> Basically, you know what time is Red Hours? Business hours. Twenty four seven, but mostly at night. That's when the vampires bite. Resident nigga, my business hours is nine to five. What are you coming in here for? We playing the rest of the time. You feel me? You feel me? We playing the rest of the time, man. And that's what my grandmama said, brother B. Ain't nobody playing in this world but you, Lil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things that, that, that video that I posted in the chat room with the with the uh, rabbi speaking. His uh, it it wasn't a nonchalant. It was it was the nonchalant way that he just knew that no matter what the fuck I'm saying, y'all motherfuckers ain't going to pay no attention. You're just going to be the fucking cattle. You're just going to be that. You need jobs. You can't do nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. You can't do this. You just do one job, don't you? So look, man, let me give you this job and you pay me. The way that he, the way that he put the context of how a person works and how, how they just all they doing is taking little pieces off of what you what you do and you really just you know you working to pay them. I'm like, what the fuck kind of? I'm like, yo, this is the slickest game at y'all. And then he, and then he tells the white man. What you wish you could be doing? What we doing? Like you should be doing. What the fuck we doing? No, y'all mad? That's the problem. The problem is like right. when y'all mad, y'all ain't doing what we doing. The so bad we thought of this first. Yeah, yeah. That's it. This see, that's what Rothschild is all that about. If you, if you don't, man, listen. If y'all don't study the banking systems and how them motherfuckers got that shit, this is what's running the world. This motherfucker said, I don't give a fuck who runs the laws. I just want the loot, baby. Mm-hmm. I just want the loot, baby. That says it all right there. So when any time something is monetized, it's over. It's over. You fucked up. Only other counter to that, like I call that hot water, capitalism hot water. You're sitting in the tub burning in hot motherfucking water. Niggas talking about they want a motherfucking uh 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 ag economics, right? That's just turning on more hot water in the tub. 
ain't, ain't, ain't relieving none of the burn. Only way the cold water needs to be turned on so you can have lukewarm water to enjoy the water is bartering. It's the opposite, opposite of hot. Can't monetize nothing. See, see, you got to make the small hat, make his own fucking bed. You got to have pride, and, 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 and you see, see, that's all it boils down to. It's, it's the monetization of shit. That's the fucking enemy. Everything else is just uncivilized because the money causes everything else. The money's the root of all the problems. That's why I always say, why these economic motherfuckers don't talk creation of money? How how these motherfuckers gave the run shit? They created money. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like he said, the crackers are doing too. How? Create money, stupid. All right, I'm done talking. There's another element they added to that. Not only did they create money, but they ran a system of intimidation and made motherfuckers only use money. Their money. Mm-hmm. Everybody used gold, silver, you know, we bartered. Like, brother, little just said, we bartered until some individual created a ticket currency. Mm-hmm. That's the substitution of uh, IOU. Uh, uh, see what I'm saying? And, and, and mm-hmm. everybody else, you know, either you're going you to stop uh, selling and trading in gold and silver and you just this dollar, or you have some problems. Yeah. And when the cracker created money, he created debt that he knew that you'd never be able to pay back. That's why I always stress that shit. We stress over money so hard, but money don't have no value. All you're doing is fucking killing each other and working yourself to death for debt. Well, see, this one, this is the slick thing that he did. What he did was he traded. See, the first thing they did, because like you said, they got to do the shit in increments. So since people was already, hold on, man, somebody got something going on in the background. I don't know. If you got something going on in your background, can you please mute your microphone? I don't want to have to go through everybody's lives. And mute the mic. So if you got a little something going on in your background, can you please mute your microphone? Alright, I'm just muted, chat. Alright, um now what I was what I was saying is that the money, what they did was move in increment. Because remember the uh, the standard was gold and silver. People had gold and silver coins. Uh, quarters and things of that nature were made of silver. That's why the ridges, that's why they got ridges on the edge of quarters and dimes and stuff because once upon a time, people would shave uh, pieces of the, the um, silver off from around the edge of the coin. So they start putting ridges in it so you, you know, they could tell if you shaved it down or not. But they moved from the gold and um, they moved from the metal to the paper, but they still had the, you would turn in your, your metal and you would get the paper that had value the same as the metal. And then over time, what people, what people started to um, just get into the mold was of only using the paper. So once the people got into the mold of only using the paper, once they changed over the system and, and uh, Roosevelt and them niggas say, yo, listen, man, we want all that goddamn gold back, man. Y'all can't, it's illegal for y'all to use gold now, turn all this shit in. And they gave us more paper. People never really paid attention to, to that the paper had changed. 
because it's still like the same $5 bill. If you look at a $5 gold certificate, it looks like a regular, it looks like the $5 bill that we have today. Or well, it looks like the $5 bill from 1980. If you look at a, a gold certificate from the, uh, you know, from like the 40s, 50s, you see it, it's the same thing. But the only thing that's different is the stamps on it. The stamps are in red. Gold, gold certificate stamps are in red. Silver certificate stamps are in blue. And that's the only thing that they changed on it. So the people never really realized that I, this is, I'm no longer working for gold and silver. I'm brother B, brother B. Wish. Just a small, just a small, just a small thing to add on to that, what you're saying, brother. It's the cracker, brother. Me and you, they had that option. The money ain't for me and you. This world ain't me and you. It's all cracker shit. You can't blame the black man for none of this shit. We ain't designed it. We ain't built it. We just lived through it. We just survived it, endured it. That's it. The money shit was designed for crackers, buy crackers for the cracker. Your job was to work the land for the cracker. That's it. They wasn't thinking about paying you shit but an ass whooping. See? So that shit, that shit is on the crackers, and they let that happen. Anything wrong with America, that's on the fucking cracker why they let that happen. You got to know history. Why did they leave England? Because they shit was fucked up. The cracker shit. They brought no. the same fuckery over here. Usury laws and everything else. It's cracker shit, bro. No, hold on, brother, 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 check this out. Hold on, brother, brother, check this out, right? When you say that about over here, this one is this one of the things that people don't understand what they did over here is that they, they brought all the goddamn criminals. They took all the cracker bitches who were whores, Took all them bitches, brought them up out of the goddamn dungeon, shipped okay. their ass over here, took all the motherfucking crazy criminals, all the psychos, all the tormentors, get the fuck over there in America, and y'all go over there and colonize this new shit for us, because we're going to let y'all out of jail. We're going to write some shit up and let y'all out of jail. Who did that? The same small hat that we know he, he said, fuck that, we got some new shit to get into. Because they couldn't keep getting money there. They was getting, they couldn't keep getting money. 1492, they, they, they was kicked they out. 1492, what happened? 1492, they all was kicked the fuck out of Spain. That's why the first one for the Jews over here was the Sephardi. Mm-hmm. Cristobal Colon and the rest of these motherfuckers, the ones with the Spanish last names, the, the, the goddamn Lopez's, the Fernandez's, the goddamn Rodriguez's, the Gomez's. These motherfuckers who you don't even think is Jew. Peanuts. Hmm? Mm-hmm. The Salazars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't even think Jew. That's what I'm talking about. Now, when they come down, we're talking about Britain is the first place in history to have a debtor's prison where they lock motherfuckers up who couldn't pay their debts. Look it up. Speak on that, brother. Speak on that, brother. Look up Deptor's Prison. That's all you got to look up. Deptor's Prison. You're going to see Britain. So all the L's and pains of failed economics, failed government, uh, can't get right. Yeah, that's what the crack is. The real name is can't get right. The motherfucker can't get right. Not at all. So everything's failing. How the fuck you failing? What you done did? Nothing. See? All cracker shit. 
Oh, cracker shit. Cracker complaining about the cracker shit failing. Cracker complaining about their cousins and shit, and they take it out on your ass. Like Mega Rod was saying, you get in an argument with fans. You, you, you and him and this girl is arguing, right? Somebody, a cracker couple come, they start jumping on them. That's what the crackers do. They arguing. Oh, there goes some niggas. We're going to we fuck these niggas up, and then fuck you, Charles, and we're going to start arguing after that. Yeah, that's all it is, man. You know, the use of the, the, use of the motherfucking resources. Motherfucking, motherfucking juice say, look, man, we got so many goddamn diamonds. And we let these motherfuckers out on the market, you'll buy them motherfuckers for the price of a dozen votes. But hey. See, see, see just like just like they know our history, see. The all Europeans they're all the ones that's in power. What they're trying to do is is the the the, the, the well, I wanna get my shit right. I think it was Constantine. They wanna build a thousand year empire. Mm-hmm. They can never do that. Because they got internal issues among themselves. See, we see the biggest image that motherfucking white folks put together is that all white folks are in line, in tune, and on the same page. That's the, one of the biggest historical lies in history. They've been collective now in the past 100, 200 years. But shit. As a collective unit, like, for example, the same, okay, like we, the little hats are in power right now. Their focus, the, the motherfuckers coming in power to take that shit, it's going to be other crackers. Well, can I prove it? Hell yeah. History, this shit has already happened before. Every time the, the Jew, history is shown, every time Jews get into something too long, the shit goes because other crackers find out about the shit. And other crackers see that. Why do you think Hitler? Because they play both sides. They play niggers, and they play like they whites, but they only after Jews. When they say the most anti-Semitism takes place in what? The, 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 the Jewish community. When we look at the second wave of European immigrants that came over here, anybody seen God of War? Remember that movie, God of War, with Nicolas Cage? Lord of War. Lord of War, Lord of War. I'm thinking about the video game. You you seen it? That nigga was a Russian. How did he, how was he able to get to America? They play like they was Jews. Mm-hmm. They ain't mm-hmm. nothing in the world seen worse than a wannabe little hat. Mm-hmm. Yo, that's what yo you saying that right? That's yo. That's one of the slick shit they got going on. Yo, all right. How the fuck? Y'all, all they did was just start saying it was Jews. The, the white man said some slick shit on the on the on the uh, documentary. Uh, I'll put in the thing, but he was like, "Yo, listen, the uh, and I went and checked it, and their population, since they said in Europe, well, it's three or uh, a little over three and a half million Jews there. So how could you kill six million and then still right now today?" Y'all, goddamn, it's, it's almost 8 million, 8 to 10 million who collected for the Holocaust. How the fuck all y'all get killed and is more people collecting than got killed? The fuck's going on here? Hey, now, Brother Boy, say that again. <laughs> no, you saying like, that, that Hitler killed more Jews, which was 6 million, than there was Jews at the time? There was only 3 million at that time? 
The Jews was in all in Europe. He killed more Jews in Germany than it was in the whole of Europe. According right. to the world census. Okay, I got that. Yeah, yeah. So who the fuck are these off? Imposters. <laughs> Like I went back and said, they from Asia. They're from Asia. Asia. Yeah, they're fucking Asians. Fucking bunch of wild Asians. Wild the wild rabbi said, yeah, I guess you could say that. Why? Because they Khazars. Because <laughs> this is who he was talking to. He was talking to the Khazar one. He know who the fuck he is. Oh, man. The motherfuckers say by the time they took the Tsar out of power, the Rothschild owned half of the world's goddamn wealth. Half of the world's known wealth. Half of Europe's wealth. Don't say the world. Basically, because, no, yeah. They don't no, no, no. Yeah. The world, from what Europe's. they knew, from the world that they knew known wealth, from the shit that they knew, they own that. Mm-hmm. In all the major, in all the major cities, they had they was the major financial financial bankers. And they they owned the motherfuckers, and they 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 look out for their whole people. That's why all of them protect the motherfucker. That this is no joke. He must he set that shit up so his whole people ain't had to work a fucking day in their life. Exactly. They ain't gonna love this motherfucker. Of course they love this motherfucker. What's that? Why is What the fuck you mean? We don't got to work at all. We're the chosen people. We're the chosen people. We don't got to work at all. Yo, listen. I was, I, yo, listen. I listen intently to that. I'm going to make this my new, my new model. <laughs> they work very hard. They work very hard promoting their interests. Very hard at taking shrewd positions dominating them, and becoming so good at it that they run monopolies out of them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think, I mean, I think it's good. I'm going to take The Jews in Germany worked very hard to get in their position that they were, but they didn't. What fucked them up was they, while Germany was doing bad, they were still doing good. And they were promoting that shit as Zionism. But, see, I heard that that I heard um you remember that debate that Khalid Muhammad had with those two rabbi priests at uh UCLA, I mean not UCLA but uh uh uh, uh Cal State uh, uh uh Los Angeles. Yes. He was and he was going over Moses and he said that the reason why Moses is so significant or the teachings of Moses is because that these Jews learned Game from an African and was able to take that knowledge and was able to do good no matter where they went. Y'all got that part? Mm-hmm. And when he was going over, he said and they had these shrewd, and when he was going into, but they they, they played so shrewdly, and that's when the, the rabbi said, uh, 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 what did he say? That's a bullshit and, and, and a lie. The truth will make you do that. <laughs> you say when you throw a rock into a crowd of dogs, the only one you know is the one that got hit, right? Because <laughs> out of all this shit, Kyle Hummer said a lot of shit prior to that. But when he got into their behavior. Yeah, you know, he hit it. He hit home because they don't. They fucking don't work. They fucking just. They just own shit. 
It's like these motherfuckers got the magic to own every fucking thing. They own all the distribution. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm looking at the liquor store, and motherfuckers be mad at the Indian. I'm like, yo, this motherfucking Indian is just, he's just a fucking middleman. Bitch, you getting some pennies. You getting a couple fucking pennies. But you ain't getting no real big dog pennies because the real motherfucker is the one who putting the liquor on the shelf. He putting all this shit in here. He getting paid top dollar off every fucking thing. That's why you got to sell Lucy's in here for $75, dollars So you can try to make some money in here. Well, supply and demand, man. Supply and demand. Jews' success is in their connections. Jews' mentality is to get to become number one, whatever, not to compromise. As Dr. Clark said, they mastered the the art of self, of selfishness to look after themselves. As Dr. Clark said, they work hard. They work hard at putting people in strategic places. They work hard at taking jobs, like for example. Uh, Dr. Clark going to the uh, uh, um, in Europe where they were dominating. They were, they, were, they were shoemakers. They were tailors. They dealt in textile and fabric design. Series and Roebuck. They create trends. They sell little things called jewelry. They were gypsies on the road. You know, you got some little gypsies, they come in there, they, 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 they uh, fix jewelry, clean jewelry, sell little trinkets, have little potions, little elixirs, little circuits. That's how they really blew up, the circuits and shit like that. And when they got their money, they lobbied their money together. They put themselves in, in they, they, they knew the essence of politics. It was Jews that created national in NAACP. Mm-hmm. You'll never hear about Jews talking about abolitionists. And the first Jews that came over here were slave masters in the South, doing very well. Yo, 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 listen. I watched the, I watched, I watched the, yo, with the, um, the, they had a, they had a statement that stated that uh, over 75% of the Jews owned slaves in the South, right? Well, right after that, they said all of the Jews, though, were abolitionists. I said, now, that's one of the craziest fucking statements ever. And as the brother is filing on it, he just stated, matter of fact, the brother body shot, if you look up this video called The um, Secret Relationship Between Small Hats and Black Leaders, and that's, again, The Secret Relationship Between Small Hats and Black Leaders, this is what I'm talking about. But, uh, you know, it's just how could you own 75% of the slaves and then you were, all of you were the abolitionists? That means you were fighting against yourself, and that right there is ridiculous. Why would you fight yourself? Y'all own 75% of the slaves. All you got to do is set them free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know on that, Brother Bourne? Southern white crackers will speak up on that. Mm-hmm. A Jew, I thought, I'm, I'm listening to some shit in the 60s and shit in the civil rights, and it was a Jew with the, you know, marching with the blacks and shit. And KKK was saying that Jew, you know, basically was saying, and the Jew ain't your goddamn friend. <laughs> you only knew. Because the whites who came over here from England 
to the new world didn't have. They they came over here fucking late. They came over here fucking late. This the Spanish was already over here, and the Portuguese over here, mm-hmm. and those are linguistic groups. So they're Jews. Yeah, yeah. Over here, shop, giving them jobs, giving them what white people wanted. The white people who came over here, they were looking for opportunity. So the Jew gave them what they wanted. Here go a job. Take care of this for me. I give you a couple of dollars. And according to Professor um, William Mackey, thanks to the brother Mikarov for putting me on, uh, the Sephardic Jew came over here in large numbers by 1654. Mm-hmm. The Ashkenazi, they got here in large numbers by 1840. Yeah, they came late. Because they was looking for somewhere to go. Remember, they was going to make... You know, they was going to make all South America was going to be the home of the Jews. So really, they had all those slaves down there. But from what the Jews say, the weather wasn't right. They said the weather wasn't right for them. Hey, Brother Boy, some say it still is. And you know what caught my wind of it? You heard that a lot of Nazis went to South America, right? You heard this before? Yes. This was this was okay. At this time in history, if you notice, look, stu- study German engineering. Them motherfuckers was on top of gear technology, gears. I'm talking, you know, making mechanical engineering, yeah, guns. Yeah, yeah. They mashed yeah. that shit. Look at uh-huh. Taurus gun manufacturer. It's in Brazil. Y'all know that? They Brazil? have a Glock. It's not a Glock because it's not made by Glock, but they have a, a prototype. It's made by Taurus, and they have some of the some of the nice fucking handguns. And the handgun, when you look at the gear technology, that shit is Glock technology. That's German shit. How the fuck? How the fuck? South America beat in the gun manufacturing. I didn't know the Taurus came up out of there. The Taurus isn't that is a nice weapon. That is a nice weapon. The Taurus is a nice weapon, man. Right, like forty. Mm. How the fuck? How the fuck? How the fuck? Brazil yeah. beat China and gun manufacturing. China, you know, they reproduced the patent for the Russian AK forty-seven, right? And all mm-hmm. Russian shit. Patent. China just took the patent and reproduced this shit. Reproduced it. Yeah. But, but I think but, Japan made their own pistols and shit too at one time. I think. But you're saying that, though, um, with South America, though, you know, like, uh, South America is big, like, the, the, when you get down to the, to, to what they would call, like, the bottom of the globe, South America, Antarctica, and, uh, are, are not far apart. And when you go on the South Africa side, South Africa and Antarctica are not far apart. Right, and, um, there's a lot of I've seen reports from fucking uh, naval well not Air Force officers, captains and shit who flew who said that they have got bases down there. And that was a, a large spot for like you said, a lot of the Germans 
um, the um, who were scientists during the uh, Nazi regime. A lot of them went down there, and it was alleged that Hitler also was ferried down there into South America. There's also a place in South America that has, because of the experimentation, I'm going to pull this up, there's a, 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 a town that has a very large population of twins, I believe it is. There's like twins all, all over. They did, they did experimentation with the people. Let me, let me look that up. Let me try it. Now, what's the connection between Portuguese, Portugal and Germany? Because that shit, they language sound huh, very similar to me. That shit sound bad. You know, Germans be just sniffing, hogging, hogging. It's no in a wind, hogging. Another connection to throw here. This is my theory. I think I think the Quakers was Jews. We know they were gun manufacturers. <laughs> Y'all people don't even know that. The Quakers and Pilgrim wearing motherfuckers. They was gun manufacturers. Not just settlers. Not the oatmeal boy. So when you eat your oatmeal, you see the Quaker oatmeal, think of a bird. Think of a musket. And I think since World War II, this is the fastest. Israel is number four in the world for weapons manufacturing. Number four. How the fuck did the Uzi become the favorite weapon for Negroes in the hood? When that shit was made in Israel. There we go. Uh Uh-oh. Uzis are made in Jerusalem. Y'all know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, here we go. Let uh, uh, me put this in real quick. The Nazi doctor, uh, it was Joseph Mingle, and the town in, uh, is responsible for the astonishing number of twins in a small Brazilian town. And Argentine um, historians claim the stilly hearted angel of death um, was the resident medic at Auschwitz for May. 1943 into his flight in the face of the Red Army in January 1945. Uh, he carried out experiments to discover uh, what method of genetic quirk twins were produced, and then the artificially increased the Aryan birth rate for his master, Adolf Hitler. So that was his job. He was into making, he, you know, Hitler wanted them to figure out a way to make sure he could make multiple babies all the time to increase the birth rate. Uh-oh. Now, for years, scientists have failed to discover why as many as one in five pregnancies in a small Brazilian town have resulted in twins, most of them blonde hair and blue eyes. But residents of Candido Godo now claim that Mingo made repeated visits there in the early 1960s, posing at first as a vet, but then offering medical treatment to the women of the town. Settling between Argentina, Paraguay, and Brazil, he managed to evade justice before his death in 1979, but his dreams of a Nazi master race appeared unfulfilled. Uh, I'll be down, down there in uh, Candido Godoy. Uh-huh. Um, so they said they had a German enclave. They said uh, they had a German enclave um, 
of Colonias Unidas in Paraguay. And from there in 1963, he began to make regular trips in other predominantly German communities just over the border in Brazil. And that was uh, Candido Godoy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, I forgot that. that. That's another point you brought up, too, right there. That mean that Germans, <laughs> for, they'd been leading in genetics, too, before workers over here. Cause, but they say Hitler was the first one to invent the sperm bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want it. And then that's ironic. Like, would you say that all the babies is twins and they blue-eyed and what? Blue-eyed hair. Blue-eyed hair, blue-eyed twins. Mhm. And we know no, but listen though, not but not all of them is blind here, blue eyed. They got they just got regular, you know, brown, you know, just regular regular looking crackers too. And and look like a couple like mixed mixed breed Indian types, you know what I mean? Uh whatever you want to call them natives down there. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't doubt that shit at all because they say the African troops that was in Germany prior when he started doing this thing on, on murder motherfuckers was that they were, he, he ordered them and the Africans or people African to shit and the fucking, um, what he called lesser breeds, the retards and shit like that. They were sterilized. Hmm. And they, 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 they did say that like, it's, it's, you know, like it is now. And I'm like, damn, Nigga, this is in 1940-something, and them niggas had science right there already on how to sterilize motherfuckers. That's that Planned Parenthood connection right there. You know what I'm saying? That's where they got a lot of they, they science from in terms of uh, of genetics. He was going to chemically uh, induce and create this white master race of them niggas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have no problem with it. And this is this is, this is a little theory of mine. I ain't got no proof, y'all. So don't know, you know, but it's a theory. I think they try to combine all the they got DNA from Hitler, they got DNA from Leopold, they got DNA from all the worst scandalous crackers in the world, and they gonna inject that shit in the womb of a weak white woman. They gonna produce, you know what I'm saying? That's what they really. I think that's what they're striving for. They trying to produce the ultimate cracker. No, listen, why would they not be? I'm telling you, you saying that, and you put in that, you put in that, you put in that um, little clip from The Simpsons, right, about Donald Trump running for president that was placed in 2000, right? I've seen, uh, I've seen, now look, one thing that I've started to learn is that there's more truth in some of these movies than we want to think that it is. I suddenly learned that this white man will tell you some shit right in front of your face, but he'll throw so much lights and shit around the outside of it that you get blinded and don't see exactly what's in front of your goddamn face. And I've seen them doing that, where they've taken the genetics and the DNA trying to create the ultimate cracker, like you said, the ultimate mind of the cracker, the ultimate savage. Mm-hmm. They came out with a study this year from England. 
England is the first country to okay. They're able to splice the DNA from three individuals. That's crazy, ain't it? What the fuck? Well, they're on the way to exactly what we're talking about. You know, that's just back up. That's just back up your statement. You know what I mean? That's just back up your statement. Because if they ain't going to, if they're getting the okay for it, imagine what they're already doing. They start to get the okay once they done tested out enough stuff that they say, well, all right, fine, let's go ahead and get the okay on this. Because mm-hmm. we're going to put something out here so wild that if we don't tell them that we're already doing this, they, they ain't going to be ready to accept this other shit. That, brothers, that's what Bill Valentine was talking about with Obama, brother. The most, and, and, and they already got clones. So, um, I mean, that's just stem cell, all that, that, that you know. And that ain't going to be privy to the public. That's private information. That's the motherfucking the gatekeepers, you know what I mean, to keep their ass still running shit. Ain't gonna be for the for the for the for the rats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, twenty years later, thirty years later. Mm-hmm. They had a movie on that where the whole city, I wanna say the planet, but the whole city of planet was sterile. So what these motherfuckers had to do was they was cloning themselves. So this this the the, the upper echelon, these niggas been around for like 300 years. Ain't nobody had no babies, naturally. So they was cloning, like, dude, like, like he was in the process, he's like 45, but he's in the process of remaking himself again. So he cloned himself, and at this point, himself was like 12 years old. So he's teaching everything to himself about himself. That makes sense, y'all? They can't live. They can't live on through having babies. Ain't no procreation. Just science. Ain't no natural birth took place in like thirty years. So what they were doing, they were cloning themselves. And because clones, you know, there ain't no mother, no father. So he was, you know, just a lab. He was teaching. So he had the memory, the memory of like three hundred, you know, the knowledge of three hundred years. And he was in a stage of of teaching himself again. And then some happened. A female had she was got pregnant, you know what I mean? And I'm like, this is like in the future, a all white world. And I'm like, even though it's some science fiction, it was it, it, it has some insight on the European psyche, meaning how they projected themselves in the future. And if they keep up with this madness, with the homosexual and the the transgender shit, what they trying to do is they trying to replace the women. We don't, they know they don't we don't need women no more to have babies. We can make it in the lab. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the only way they can okay this shit is if women are okay with that shit. Next thing on here, I'm tired. Well, why should we have to carry a baby for nine months? Watch. <laughs> why is it going to be the new shit? You know what I'm saying? Well, now you have it, folks. So, you know, it's too they already got the, Now, listen, the, and, the, and the precedence for that is they already created the artificial womb. They already got that. They got the artificial womb that can carry a child. Right now, where you don't have to have no baby inside your stomach. Mhm. And that goes all the way back to the European psyche from the after the Wormian Ice Age in that cave. 
The resentment he had for his woman. Yeah. It was a burden to have children in that ice. That's a burden. Imagine what that white woman had to go through when that savage Neanderthal been out there hunting all day in the ice. If if the weather was right. And then he come home with a little uh you know, piece of meat that he don't want to share with the bitch. Mm. And this bitch and this bitch had to go grunt and say she's pregnant. Yeah, I'm pregnant. That nigga liable to kill her and the baby. You know, listen, Randy got it. Science trumps. Bitch, you mean I gotta take it? Bitch, I mean, you mean I gotta find two pieces of meat, bitch? What is that? The artificial wounds. Hold on. Artificial wounds, the coming era of motherless births. This is from June 12, 2015. Uh, scientifically, it's called exogenesis, a term coined by JBS Heldon. In 1924, I gotta find out who J.B.S. Howden is. Uh, a hugely influ- influential science popularizer, Howden did for his generation what Carl Sagan did later in the century. He got people thinking and talking about implications of science and technology. Da 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 da. da. Howden predicted that by 2074, that um, hold up. Describing ectogenesis as pregnancy occurring in an artificial environment from fertilization to birth, how they predicted that by 2074, this would account for more than 70% of human births. This prediction may yet be on target. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how that bitch had all them babies when she was pregnant with like eight, nine kids. What's the crazy bitch name with that big-ass forehead she had on? Hold on. All right. In the mid-1990s, now like I said, in the mid-1990s, Japanese investigators succeeded in maintaining goat fetuses for weeks in a machine containing artificial amniotic fluid. Now what I tell you, look, it's 25 years later and now they're putting this shit out. Well, we can do that. But in 1990, they did it already. Now today it's possible for a preterm fetus to survive when removed from the mother at a gestational age of slightly less than 22 weeks. That's only a little more than halfway through the pregnancy, normally 40 weeks, and while more than halfway through the pregnancy, uh, hold up, and while rescuing an infant delivered at such an early point requires sophisticated, expensive equipment and care, the capability continues to increase. Man. Just a, just a controlled form of surrogacy, brothers. Surrogacy. See, the cracker already created that already. Mm-hmm. All right. Now they're looking. They're looking now. They're trying to transfer one from the womb, from a, uh, a mother's womb, right into it. So that's what they say they're looking to start doing right now. They're considering people who are trying to get abortions and shit. They're going to start taking your babies. You want to get an abortion. They're going to take the border feeders and put it right inside that womb, have the baby right there, and then then we're going to, all of a sudden you're going to see a whole slew of goddamn black folk who come right in, look like us, walk like us, talk like us, but they ain't going to be us at all. They probably they out here now. Yep. And there's some more. There's some more sinister going on. When you study in Europeans, you see they have a 
They like stem cells. That's what them abortion clinics is for. You know, stem cells is neutral mm-hmm. cell. Go ahead, brother. Oh, baby, agree. So all they gonna do is sell. They they make money. All they gonna do is sell the babies. They got to. You ain't gonna have to worry about adoption, no more. What the woo woo? Well, come on, man. You dealing with the small hat now? <laughs> oh, they gonna make money. Planned Parenthood. T- see, this shit's already in the say. It's already the piece is already on the chessboard. It's just waiting, waiting, waiting to put it in check. That's it. Checkmate right around the corner anyway. So everything is on 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 that chess game is going is going like the plan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, brother Mickey, you, you you know you you won't you won't black power, brother. I'm caught. Mhm. You ever you ever hear white folks talk about stem cells? All the time. That's the mo. <laughs> like you were just saying, they can they can they can now they can manipulate they can Frankenstein whoever the fuck they want to Frankenstein. They got neutral fucking stem cells, right? They can do what the fuck they want to do, regrow your nerve, whatever. Especially from a black baby, then that's going to be able to be used everywhere. It's universal. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah, you 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 right on point, my brother, my brother, right on point. Because that's going to be the new next thing, like you said, to make money. It's going to be stem cell and origin, and it's going to be see the process on how you get the stem cells is what they don't tell motherfuckers. It come from the uh, I, I didn't pick this stuff till I had my small my, my, my oldest son. You know, when I first got one, that first birth, my oldest son. You know what I'm saying? And when you when when only sisters, you know, when and when they giving labor that little table they in, look at the fucking floor. The hospital I was at, uh, uh, uh they had the whole hazard bag on the floor. It was ready. They, every drop, the afterbirth. You know, black women got to go through. Hell now, just to keep the afterbirth. My little sister, when she had my nephew, they, they was they, you know, she said she wanted to hear for religious purposes. They wanted to come to the house and talk to the family and shit to, to see if the religious purpose is still there. You need legal documentation just to keep afterbirth. Real talk, real fucking talk. They keep that shit and they get the wise warmer. You know what I'm saying? Right when the woman can slip, they, you know, when she holding the baby and so forth, they snipping, clipping, get it out of here, let's go. Bag it, tag it, and let's go. As if it's, you know, because, you know, it must be still alive or still, you know, the temperature's just right. You know, it's, it's stages to it. They're not telling motherfuckers. Well, like, well, you know, but they can it, it, they're, they can program these cells to do anything because they're neutral cells. Neutral cells that's fresh from the womb of a child. You know what I mean? The embryonic fluid, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the tree of life, as some would say, you know. The primordial waters from the womb can be, you know, can be uh, injected for an individual who has, like Brother Little said, nervous issues. Um, they've been doing shit with uh, spinal fluids and things of that nature. So, you know, 
it's unlimited to the potential. And the main, the, 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 the one individual on this planet who produces the most potent stem cells is the black woman. This is important. So by them cloning, you know, that cloning thing, that's going to get, you know, they said they cloned the sheep, but they ain't said nothing about that shit. That shit was like 15, 20 years ago, wasn't it? They're going to tell them what they can do now. Yeah, you could tell what they could do now. That's why you ain't heard nothing about it. Uh-huh. They say every every leader has a clone, a two or three. Every leader. And, and sometimes you'll hear a leader, they'll spaz out, they'll go undercover for about three days. They say it takes three days to recreate a clone. A clone. Putin, Putin was just missing for a little bit. Motherfucker came back three days later. Like I said, this is military shit, man. Everything is military. There ain't nothing civilian. Civilian is the sheep. You don't tell the sheep nothing but, but how to go bad. That's it. That's it. Anything they give you is for sheep. That's it. And only the sheep going to love it. Real sheep going to love it. Rebellious sheep, they going to stray away. And then that's when you're going to get picked up and you get picked off. That's how it goes. I remember the rat that um, even Cal Williams was on this shit when he said, he said, did y'all know, and he was right when he said that shit too, that the... The United States government just approved the sale of cloned meat, and they're not—they're not going to put on the package what meat is cloned and what ain't. Mm-hmm. That's what that male cow disease stemmed from—cannibalism. Them taking. You you know, the taking the fucking they're basically feeding the fucking animal to this, back to itself and shit. With some of that byproduct shit like bologna and shit. Shit made out of fingernails and all type of shit just ground it up and paste it up together and spit out and shit. And some of that shit can't be processed. So what they'll do is they'll take that shit and ground that shit back up and, and food, dog food, or put it back in the kennel. And feed it back to the goddamn cow, and, and, and was worried about that shit. Like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Cows are fucking herbivores. They're vegetarians. But when you run in the motherfucking illegitimate ass meat house, and you know you want, you know you run, you know you ain't got enough land to even let them graze, you're gonna be hitting that type of shit. You know, you nigga, they on these GMOs, nigga. GMOs, GMOs. And that's something big, too, because you got family members trying to get their farm on, and that's shit taking off. So they're trying to tighten the noose off. They're trying to really – it's really an anti-natural world that Europeans are living in. They really have a distinctive hatred for anything that's natural, anything that's rock-given. You know what I mean? That's, that's the personality I see. You know, they feel they need to whenever, you know, t- take something natural, fuck it up, and create something worse out of it. <laughs>
Yep, and again, it's the, we're dealing with the law of opposites. Law of opposites. And opposite of nature. So they got to they gotta be artificial. They got to do artificial, any artificial water, artificial, everything. Yep. So that's one thing we need to be mindful of, because we are we are not the same. And when you understand that, you know we are natural people who are naturalists, and and we look to nature, we we respect nature, we honor it, we protect it, and the, our nemesis is anti-nature. Because nature is a, his his first enemy was nature. See why? See we you know we respect nature, but we forgot the other side of nature. And we're talking about the nature that deals with things that ain't supposed to be living. The European is working very hard to escape extinction. This is what we need to internalize. That's Francis Wilson stated there, genetic annihilation. Them being mindful of that. But them knowing that their most annihilation takes place among themselves. Meaning, 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 if we went back to Africa and Asians went back to Asia and Europeans went back to Europeans, they they will never want that shit to happen. Why? That's how they got in the situation they were in the first place. You got these niggas who are having these all these evolution conferences and all this shit. They ain't gonna talk about this shit. Uh, 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 genetic drift. When you are re- when you have a recessive DNA, your DNA is recessive. We talking about white people, and there is no diversity in that. And you keep mixing with other people that's recessive. All you're doing is weakening the gene, passing. And so, when you look at genetics, it's funny because this is. Uh, you say you're recessive, and you have a genetic ailment. Ailment. The genetic ailment will be dominant, meaning you got genetic drift. You got low populations of white people who are genetically recessive, keep mating one another. They keep weakening their genes. They keep weakening their genes. They keep weakening their genes. What happens is, is they re- they, they reproduce. Uh, the the child has a strong genetic link to some kind of disease or ailment because they've kind of refined it. Y'all understand what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Whereas when it comes to us, because we're, we are up on the planet, we have diverse DNA. Very, very diverse. So they benefit more from being in populations with us and now and then raping themselves into it. You, you see the point I'm making? Every that's why they 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 will follow us to the fucking we went to a volcano nigga underneath the planet they will be right behind us. Why? Yeah. History shown that when left alone when they were just in Europe and they wanted but Neanderthals first off it was low number of Neanderthals. Then when they became you want to call them modern humans you want to give them that title Cro-Magnon we will call them Cro-Magnon. They were still having issues because they was. Genetic drift. That means the white woman womb is 
She envies the black woman genetically. Why do you think a lot of white women are doctors, medical doctors? Mm-hmm. They study oh, black yeah. women. <laughs> And this is late because before they started studying, before they were allowed to study us, white men were studying black women. I'm talking about slavery, you know, raping and so forth. Mm-hmm. A lot of, of anesthesias, a lot of medical procedures mm-hmm. were uh, created for the mutilation of African women. So even on the negative side, even when we don't know what's going on, we still at the center. Of, we still at the center epic of everything. <laughs> Diamonds, niggas. Uh, 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 you know all the material wealth resources. Africa, niggas. Medical, even the medical shit. Niggas, they still studying us to learn about. You know what I mean? We gotta know we dealing with y'all. These, you know. So we the, the power is still. In our in our favor in terms of influence, like right now, I believe they have rich white folks. They keep a smart nigga around, a genius. They go find black geniuses and take them out the black community. You see what I'm saying? Got them locked away in some government facility, getting all in. You know, the science, the as the best of the math and science from them. That's really what the whole stat test for, the IQ test. So the certain individuals meet a certain intellectual level that, that, that they deem worthy. Hmm, this is seems how worthy here. If we can just take him, shape him, the younger the better, boom. This kind of serves as well for coin and tail. We talk, getting back to the topic regarding... Uh, Creating agents. <laughs> they uh, 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 watching this program the other day. They came. They come out with all these born identities, born uh, supremacy. God damn it! Or was it American Ultra and all these other shit where they got, you know, same thing. You know where you can weed and create individuals from the time that they're young. We talking about pedophiles. We talking about like the Catholic Church. If we can get the, if we can get, if we can get the child from three years old to seven, we got him for life. Mm-hmm. Well, they said the foundational teachers that a child learns from there, from from age three to seven, will stick with them for forever. Your experiences, your basic experiences at that young age. How to sit up on your mother, you know, my grandma get on me, sitting up straight, you know, uh, uh, um, how you critique people, how to turn information, what's good, what's bad. You learn all of that by the time you age seven. Yeah, especially when you call her as the savior. You got some individuals at age of seven who knew they was going to be cops. Y'all heard this shit before, haven't you? I always wanted to be a cop. Mm-hmm. 
who put the illusion? I mean, I'm as a kid. Any black kid who says he wants to be a cop, I'm gonna ask him why. <laughs> I'm not gonna try to question the little child's dreams, but let's be honest here. Who put that dream in that young man's head or that sister's head? Why do you feel? Where do you live at, first off? And why do you feel that the police, you know? Like, what do you want to be when you was little, brother boy? Anybody online, what do y'all want to be when you was little? You want to be a cop? Nah, I never want to be a cop. Want to be a fireman? Nah, I think I want to. I don't know what I want to do. I think I want to. Practice some type of law. I was, I, you know what I mean? That's, that's what I was put up. I wanted to do that. I wanted to get my people free. Brother, what do you want to be when you was little? You want to be a cop or a fireman? Hell, hell nah, I was trying to play for the 49ers, eh? Okay, there we go. That's how like some of you know a young manager. He wants to start a glitch. Be Ronnie Lott, nigga. Want to be Ronnie Lott? Ronnie Lott. Forty dollars to this day. Already. Just come here. What do you want to be when you grow up? Do you want to be a cop, or a, 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 a politician, or a, a, a firefighter? <laughs> uh, nah, I want to be um. Either a doctor or a teacher. See? I can see that, yeah. Practical. The only people I notice who say that are white people. When I, wanted, when I was six years old, I wanted to be a cop. My daddy was a cop. You know, you see those? <laughs> I want to whoop niggers and... <laughs> You pay for it's in their culture. What are you gonna do for the white race? Go back to that psyche like we were talking on another show. In antiquity no no not even antiquity, I'm giving them too much credit. The sixteen, seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, the pirate eras, the average white explorer, the conqueror and settlers, the average life expectancy was thirty five, thirty three. They were trying to map the whole world out because they had that long to live. Brother, brother, that's called yesteryear, brother. Yesteryear. Say that again. That's called yesteryear, brother. Yesteryear. Yeah, you, right there. That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like what a hop, skip, a jumping away. Very recently, ain't it? About, about several. About several, brother. Mm-hmm. So to get some positive, you know, to reinforce some positive ideas in terms of what we're talking about, in terms the, the COINTELS function, their main threat is us. Why? We're the biggest threat to them creating this 1,000-year empire. They're trying to produce a dynasty. It's really imitations of a form of flattery. I find it very intriguing that the interesting that the success of 
England, for example, is in its monarchy. Something that didn't exist prior to a couple hundred years ago. And that the oldest the is the trip because every English queen has outlived every king. Y'all ever noticed that? Them English bitches live long, don't they? They waiting for the hole to die now. <laughs> they waiting for it to kick the bucket now. I think it was the same thing. The Crusades. Yeah, it was saying in the Crusades with the other queen. Uh, uh, well, I shouldn't even call her a queen. With, you know what I'm talking about? The queen of the cracker holes. She was, um, her sons had died. I think she outlived, she had about eight or ten children. She outlived down the majority of all of them. <laughs> and their success has been on, and the monarchy, the democratic monarchy has been an African creation before Europeans even lived in the, lived in the room that had a window and wore a shoe. A house with a window and wore a shoe. <laughs> yesterday. What would you say? Yesteryear. Like Brother Little said. We're talking about yesteryear. They're trying to have a thousand years. You know what's sad? They're going to be the demise of their own shit. If, you know what I'm saying? Because they're going so much into this military shit. What the fuck are they arming up for? They stockpiling weapons that's going to be used in their own downfall. Like that old saying, all, all, all uh, uh, bomb technicians got the scars of their they, they craft, right? You see a nigga, he build bombs. You should look, expect to see a finger missing, some fire scars, something of his craft, right? When you're in the business of weapon manufacturing, you're going to bear those scars. If not on your body personally, you gonna, your community, your culture, your people are going to bear the scars. See what I'm saying? Why hasn't white America snapped yet? Why hasn't there been one assassination tips on Osama, I mean Obama? What's how you pronounce that nigga named Barack? Obama, Barack. That don't even sound right. I'm gonna go get my nigga Barack, and we gonna we finna roll out. Barack, A B, what they just call nigga B? <laughs> we you know we call presidents by last names because they presidents. So you know Reagan, Bush, you know last names. But come on, man, you, before you was a famous nigga, you was just a nigga named Barack. This shit don't sound right. <laughs> And then you would think, being that the nigga's name is so close to Osama, nah, we don't even want to do that. Go that route. It's too close to the nigga who built the bomb. Nah, it's right, right what they need. Right, exactly what they need. Why? They have to prevent the rise of the Black Messiah. They ain't been able to spot one, so they sometimes they have to create one. Hm. 
Niggas took the bait first, but now we we got our eyes wide open. We'll see what the fuck's going on. I know I do. And I know I got some family members who see the same shit. We look at the same shit. We see you, nigga. We see the backdrop. We see the setup. We see the bigger agenda. We see this black power movement growing. We see them taking heat and being very mindful of what they say. Look at the propaganda that's coming out. They're waiting for us to present a leader, but we ain't going to do it. So they may have to create a leader by antagonizing this movement. Be very wary of your the friends. You know, I don't have a Facebook, but I'm hearing a lot of shit on it. And I know that it functions as Cointel. That's the basic operations for Cointel. And you ain't got to see or meet me. I think I could just put this little fake-ass little icon up.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow I don't think nobody can hear me. Can y'all hear me? Anybody else? Yeah, my friends. Mm. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.